0: Hey, I know, I'll use my trusty frying pan as a drying pan. I wanna take the ultimate step, find the courage to be bold, yeah. To risk it all and not forget the lessons that I've learned.
1: the drawing pan a pokemon the series podcast we have another special episode for you all today we're going to be talking about pokemon the movie 2000 which includes the short pikachu's rescue adventure and as a bonus you're going to hear about our weeks as well just a quick reminder we are an e for explicit podcast so listener discretion is advised and i'm your host jacob and i'm here with my co-host austin hello hello austin how you doing i'm doing okay Good. Speaking of okay, our other co is here, and her name is Alex. What's up, Alex?
2: Not a whole lot. I am excited. This is a movie episode.
1: Yeah, you should feel pumped. It's a movie we all forget about, but know it's there. Am I right? You-
2: <laughs> I
0: got- it's the most forgettable of the original three, I for sure. I
2: feel so sad when I think of that, because the- our last episode we talked about the Did You Know Gaming creation of Lugia video, and like the whole real life thing that went into this movie and the creation of it it makes me sad that it's like such a easily overlooked movie that's how i feel
1: too that's the reason that like last week i was talking about how i don't remember seeing it and now i know why i <laughs> just about it <laughs> oh.
2: i mean it's no ente movie it's no hoopa movie but
0: you in the Hoopa movie? I You're the only the Hoopa one Hoopa who movie. thinks that.
2: <laughs> what? I can't be. It's so cute. And but be- in the whole like Reggie Gigas thing, that's a meme all over the place. Like, how can I be the only one that loves that movie?
1: I'm not sure. But before we get to the <laughs> <I> movie, <know. laughs> we
2: can. Whatever. I'll be on my island. <laughs> yeah, you can be on your
1: island, join the Hoopa movie while we talk about our weeks. Austin, what'd you do this week? What did I do this week? Nothing. Nothing uh if i did something i don't remember it oh it was one of those weeks i see okay. no
0: it no. was not let me tell you i haven't had one of those weeks in a while this is just a blur it just went
1: by so fast i'm being boring i don't know what to tell you it's okay we're used to it alex what are you i'm just kidding alex what are you up to this week
2: <laughs> well austin you have to make your own fun okay and i know we talked about this because like you could literally lie and tell us anything and we'd believe you, but. I'm trying to think what did I do aside from like watching some TV working we did go see a movie yesterday in theaters that was fun
1: was it Hoopa was it the hoop movie that not.
2: sometimes they do those you know sometimes they do like limited showings of like anime movies and stuff but no it was not it was the latest in the MCU franchise the new Thor movie
0: I feel like we only ever go see Marvel movies in theaters. I feel like that's all we ever do. What at this the point.
2: hell else do they release in theaters? Like nothing.
0: I still
1: haven't seen Top Gun.
2: <sighs> Your loss.
1: I know. That's the only non-Marvel movie that I've seen. That are like I think every movie I've seen has been a Dis- like Disney Incorporated something except for Top Gun for the past like 5 years. So I'm with you. I'm with <laughs> you on that.
2: Yeah, they rule the whole world.
0: I do directly blame Disney for the fall of cinema, but whatever. <laughs>
1: Disney made this movie we're going to talk, be talking about today, so... No, I'm just kidding. They didn't, uh, no they, didn't. they didn't, they didn't. That's a lot.
0: Okay, Disney does actually have their fingers in some Pokemon movies, but not this one.
1: Really? Do they
2: not have their fingers in? Good God.
1: That's true. They do own the anime with Disney XD and stuff like that, but... Not anymore. They really don't? Not anymore? Huh. Netflix does. Interesting. But how was the, how was the new Thor movie? Any good? Worth two thumbs up, two thumbs down?
2: Oh, well, um... <laughs>
1: That's not a good start. A I a well.
2: It's, it's a middling quality. Like, I don't know what I thought. Like, I didn't know very much going into the movie. I may have seen a trailer a long time ago, but I didn't remember. So really, I was going in blind to it. I don't know. I'm kind of... I uh, uh. It was a little disappointing. I'll say that.
1: Been there, done that. Same it Was like a rinse-repeat story kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. I,
0: I'm not really interested in the Marvel movies until we finally get to X-Men again. I think that's when I'm going to finally be
1: more engaged do they have any of those planned anytime soon we'll see i'm sure it's coming yeah we'll see so thor was not any good or was not great it was fine it was was fine yeah i mean it wasn't
2: like terrible i don't know i think the expectation was higher and then i was like oh okay that wasn't what i thought but okay
1: it was better than morbius oh my
2: god (laughs) (laughs) that's not a high bar to clear poor morbius
1: do you think they put those bad movies out on purpose just to reset the bar? It's like, here's a crappy movie, and then you come see like a movie, and Thor may be awful, but you're like, it's better than that, so we're good to go. Well, I mean,
0: that's the whole January release schedule, is so that's where they dump their bad movies, but COVID kind of threw thing- everything off.
1: Okay, yeah, I could see that.
0: January's bad movie month. Mm-hmm.
2: Why even have them? Like, whatever, it doesn't even make sense. Well, I
0: don't think they intend to make bad movies. I think it just happens. <laughs> Plus, they gotta do anything. They
1: always make their money back. You know, so, I mean... Uh, uh, Do they? I think so. I think they always break even, at least.
0: Oh, Marvel movies,
1: for sure. Yeah, yes. that's what I mean. Like, the Marvel movies. That's the reason why we always get... Not all movies, but, like, Marvel movies typically break even, if not make a lot of money. So.
0: Oh, poor Lightyear didn't deserve to bomb.
1: I assume. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it bombed. It bombed pretty bad. I haven't seen it. Oh.
2: That's a Disney Plus movie. I'm waiting Plus for movie. Disney Plus. Yeah. yeah.
1: Anyway, Alex, anything else this week?
2: um no other than watching some um shows which aren't n- not necessarily new shows I did pick up the Orville again I rewatched season one because the first season came out in 2017 which I was like oh my god is that for real 2017 but yeah so I started that again pretty good pretty good for what it is but other than that no nothing new
1: I've never seen the Orville it's got Seth MacFarlane in it and that's all I know so
2: it's good I mean it's it's a good time waster like if you don't want to commit heavily into something, but it's, it's fairly decent.
1: I may check it out. I know. Seth MacFarlane's hit or miss for me. Some of his stuff's really good. You know, I think we all kind of agree with that. Austin seems to be thinking he's like really <laughs> more miss than hit maybe, but. Well, yes. <laughs> so Alex, is that it for you? Should we move on to me real quick?
2: Please tell us. What did you do, Jacob?
1: Okay. I'm like Austin. I was boring this week. I know I was giving him some crap for that, but I hated a Panera Bread for the first time. Ever. What? That's ever. Like ever. ever Yeah, ever. That was pretty groundbreaking. Oh
2: my god, I'm shocked. <laughs> I had a
1: steak sandwich and some French onion soup, and I was I was impressed.
2: Okay, wait, wait, wait. We gotta back up a little bit here. So you've never eaten at a Panera Bread before?
1: Never. I've been inside one, but never ate in there.
2: So what was the circumstances around why you went this time?
1: Uh, I got a gift card. Oh. And I was it was good. Like um you guys apparently frequent the Panera.
0: I don't frequent it no. it's expensive.
2: I mean, I used to really enjoy Panera. It was one of my favorite places to go. They were relatively affordable, but they I feel like their quality has experienced a, a dip in, you know, what they used to offer. Like I do recommend their their like butternut squash soup. Other than that, I haven't been in a long time, so
1: well, if I get another, uh, like, gift card or coupon, I'll <laughs> be sure to go in the fall and get some butternut, or squash, whatever it is. Oh, you want some butternut? <laughs> yeah. Austin! That soup was a little tangy, so you never know.
2: Oh, God.
1: Yeah, that was, uh, Panera was the highlight, and I'd like, I gotta ask you guys this. So this past week, I know these episodes come out later, then we record them and all that stuff, but this past week was the 4th. So people mm-hmm. around us shoot off fireworks. I give you a Sunday night, which is when... People celebrated because they didn't have to go to work the next day. Monday night, the actual 4th, I understand, too. Even though uh, people have to go to work, it may be disturbing. But the uh, a week later, or Sunday, when we're recording this, and you're still shooting off fireworks for the past five days in a row. I think it oh, Go ahead, Austin. You want to say something?
0: I cannot stand these fucking fireworks at 3 in the morning on a fucking week- work night. Dr- disturbing the dogs... Upsetting people, like people who are sensitive to fireworks. It's ah, shut up.
1: Okay, so I'm not the only one experiencing this problem. I'm, it's gotten
0: worse and worse and worse every each year. Every fireworks season lasts longer.
1: Okay, good because we're. I'm walking around taking the dog for a walk last night. You know, it's nine o'clock because that's the only time it's cool enough, and I'm still seeing. Poof, poof. I mean, it's still like it's the fourth. I don't know what to do.
2: My big problem with the with the fireworks is like in my neighborhood, people just leave the bits of firework all over Mm -hmm. the place and it's like all in the gutter areas and like in people's yards and stuff and it's like it's been raining pretty heavily here for the past few days so like all that stuff has gotten washed down into the drains and i'm like that is not good for the environment it's not good i mean there was some like suspicious like offender houses like the ones that like were responsible for the most of this like trash being left everywhere we were going for walks and it's just like everywhere and they don't Clean it up. I'm like, you should be out there with a goddamn broom sweeping that shit up. Like, you know, animals could choke on that stuff. It's just awful. It's really awful. I'm like, I don't mind if you do it in moderation, but like, clean up after yourselves.
1: For real.
0: I'm banning all fireworks other than like sparklers. That's (laughs) it. You're banning it. It used to be (laughs) that. I'm I'm officially.
1: Used to be that way a long time ago. I I will say about my neighbors. You guys saw the show last year. Their little firework thing. Man, the next day, they are out there cleaning everything up, making sure good that... Good them. Yeah, they are awesome. If something's on your yard, it looks like they take a street sweeper and go out there and go to the street. That's how, like, thorough they clean up and just make sure everything is, like, good to go.
2: Can I do a little PSA and get on my soapbox for one minute? Go for it. Let's just respect nature. I mean, I know that sounds like... I don't want to be, like, all hippy-dippy, but I think, like... I mean, it's true. It's true. We're facing issues in our planet globally, climate change-wise. Like, just respect nature. Just clean up after yourselves. Like, if anybody out there is a Boy Scout or Girl Scout or whatever, or just in general, what do they always say? Leave no trace, right? Leave no trace. Austin?
0: (laughs) Disturb not the harmony of fire, ice, and lightning.
2: Yes, (laughs) exactly. And if you're a Pokemon fan, that goes double for you, okay? (laughs) So...
1: I'm gonna use that to wrap up my week because that's a great transition. Thank into you, Austin. <laughs> the movie we have this week, I guess, like movie and a short. I don't remember yes. the short at all, but it's Pikachu's Rescue Adventure and Pokemon the Movie Two Thousand, which is called The Power of One.
2: Well, you better remember it because you just watched it.
1: <laughs> well, someone didn't know the t- name of the title before the movie. Ah, uh. Alex. So I'm just gonna throw <clears> it th- th- out there. But first, let's jump into Pikachu's Rescue Adventure. We'll treat this like a normal episode with a 30-second summary, challenge in the summarizer, and then the person who's last can do something for the movie to start off, I guess. Oh, God. Austin, you are going to 30-second this beast. (laughs) Alex, you're going to talk about the episode, and I'm going to lead us into the... I'm going to try to lead us into the movie. Expect nothing good to come from me when we transition, but you guys can uh, funnel away at this.
0: All right, Pikachu. Let's go save some people.
1: Save some people. Austin, are you ready? Yes. Three...
0: Two, one, go. Togepi sees some Ladybug and ends up falling into Wonderland through a hole in the ground. So all the other Pokemon follow her or him—I don't know Togepi's gender identity—and end up in like a rainforest environment where they meet an Elekid and find out they have to find a sixth execute because the other five execute have adopted Togepi as their own. They find some Bulbasaur and some Clefairy, and then there's this whole thing with a storm that tries to kill all the execute. But they find the other execute through Chansey and return home Time. safe and sound.
2: <laughs> wow, <laughs> good,
1: very well done. Okay, quick question: Was this shown in theaters? Right, this was for sure. Uh, yeah, well, that's why we're watching it. Okay, I feel so bad. I don't remember <laughs> this movie.
2: I always get this movie and like the first one mixed up because this is the movie where they gave out the promotional Mew cards, right? Yes. yes. Okay. I somehow misremember that in my mind, and I'm always thinking that card came with the first movie, because Mew featured prominently in that movie, but no. Actually, this card does make an appearance in the movie, which I'm sure we will talk about, but let's save it. Let's talk about Pikachu's Fantastic Voyage, aka Pikachu's Rescue Adventure.
0: Into what? Togepi's body?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good short. That would Ew,
2: wouldn't it? Oh, gross. <laughs>
1: It's a play on words.
2: Do you want to, like, journey inside a togepi and see what kind of hellish nightmare that would entail? I- yes,
1: I, ca- I really do. What if it's hollow on the inside? Like, you just see, like, the head and the inside the egg. It's just nothing there.
2: It's a pit of evil. It's a pit of evil. Isn't
1: togepi, like, filled with happiness or some shit?
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> not in my world. That's its secret. Ew. Anyway, this is too togepi-centric already for me. So, unfortunately, we have to talk about this. But, so, this is... a. Short without the Twerps, right? We see them, like, very briefly at the beginning. They're, like, a bunch of shadows. And I guess they're, like, taking a nap or something under a tree. And the Pokemon take this opportunity to wander off into this adventure. And they have no idea what this is happening. So Togepi, once again, gets into mischief. Like Austin says, it starts chasing after a swarm of, like, giant Ladybug, which is scary enough as it is. It falls into the hole. And all the Pokemon go after it. And they're calling out to it down this hole. I can't remember exactly what happens. I think he smashes into Meowth on his way down the hole.
1: Oh, right, right. Yeah, they Get at the drug down in there or fall right. down in there. Tumble roll down.
2: Meowth is on his way to like a summer camp or something. I have no idea. But both Togepi and Meowth end up in the hole. Or the Pokemon and Pikachu calling after it. Here comes Psyduck and Klutzy Psyduck ends up smashing into all of them and they all fall down the hole. This is where we go into the Alice in Wonderland um, area, like Austin mentioned, and we meet Elekid for the first time ever. Did you guys have any thoughts on Elekid?
0: Elekid just makes me think of childhood childhood accidents, including outlets. Like, it just (laughs) (laughs) tears me out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It looks like you need to plug it in. I can't believe they made Elekid's design like that, so some child's going to take an Elekid toy and zap themselves. Sounds like a TikTok challenge.
1: Plug it in. The Elekid challenge. Yeah.
2: God, you, you know today that would be the oh, case. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, there'd be so many more issues with Pokemon if it started today.
2: I mean, I guess there's always a case for Darwinism, but we're not going to go there today.
0: Elekid's cute. He has a good voice. I like him.
2: He's cute. It's weird for me, like, looking back. And I know we talk about this all the time, but they're, we're so used to them. I mean, they've been around for so long. It's just hard for me to, like remember like, oh my god, they were new at this one time and like imagine the thrill people were like, Oh my god, a new Pokemon like they've just been so ingrained in like all the media like for twenty five years so it's hard to get excited about seeing it I guess. But anyway, I'm imagining people being like, Wow when it first appeared.
1: Oh yeah, there was a time for sure when people were like, It's still going. You know, this isn't the end. We're oh my more. God,
2: here we are all this time later.
1: Oh
0: my fucking God, look at that owl. It has red eyes. It's got one leg. Oh god.
2: I mean, this was like, aside from the 150 original, or 151, these are the first like new Pokemon we got, so I imagine it's quite thrilling. I guess, I, you know what, maybe I'm being a little bit unfair, because I think I did talk about this a couple weeks back, being excited for the new Scarlet and Violet Pokemon, so there still is an element of that, but we're not, you know, 10 anymore either, so it's a little different. I digress. I digress. So they meet Elekid, they end up finding um, Togepi living in a nest of Execute, which they don't take very kindly to the Twerpmon trying to rescue it out of the nest, because apparently Execute have teeth, and they can bite.
0: I don't like that
1: they have teeth. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Egg having teeth, it just, it's a gross picture. It's a real gross picture.
2: This whole thing was weird. Like they, They're traveling through this like giant tree area um, to get to where Togepi is because I don't know how it ended up in a nest but there's some weird Pokemon that live here like how does a Voltorb live in a tree and like there was a Slowpoke, and like I didn't understand that <laughs> this
1: is supposed to be like a safe haven I guess because it's like underneath the earth where we're is at now. there's like
2: a sky there's a sky well, it and it makes like... no sense
1: but they they like go to the depths of the earth they're inside like near the core but there's like <laughs> that, that tunnel was like two miles
0: long yeah. and then it just deposits them in this mystical landscape that's really not that interesting
2: (laughs) yeah but how does it work i mean jacob's right he raises a good point like how does it work they're underground but they're not they're like in a forest and there's like a sky and a waterfall and like all kinds of stuff
1: this is like journey to the center of the earth pokemon edition this is what it's like there
2: maybe they took some inspo from that it's like it's the world within the world kind of thing
0: yeah weird i kind of imagine they were just on like the other side of the island like an untouched area
2: so they went through a mario warp pipe and like ended up on the other side
0: (laughs) it's a u-shaped pipe is what it is what is with us in pikachu shorts and warp pipes okay
2: did we talk about this before i don't know charizard
0: got his head stuck in a warp (gasps) oh that's
2: right well maybe they need to stop like you know channeling mario all the time i don't know Anyway, we also get some other new Pokemon. uh, Belossum, we see Belossum for the first time ever. And then this choreographed, like, Mamba line dance thing starts happening, which is kind of weird. But I guess we have to fill time. So they go into another tree hole. And that's where we see a cult of Clefairy dancing around. And these evil Clefairy do Metronome and blast the Pokemon to bits. Just kidding. They don't Seymour. die. but.
1: Seymour's there too.
2: Could you imagine if he showed up? Like, what if he was there? What if his? What if there was a skeleton in the corner and it was? That's his...
1: what, what i saying. There's a skeleton sitting on some kind of chair in the background, wearing like a crown made of sunkern. So.
2: Oh my god.
0: <laughs> sunkern hasn't debuted yet. It's not in this short.
1: No, it's it's a uh, foreshadowing, Austin. Foreshadowing. Okay.
2: <laughs> I I kind of agree with Pikachu. There was a there was a frame where like the Clefairy are dancing around and Pikachu visually looks very uncomfortable. Like he's like, uh, what the hell is this? And I completely vibed with Pikachu in that moment. This is where we get the storm. They like to use storms a lot, I feel like, as plot advancing devices. There's always a storm happening.
0: You know why? Lawrence the (laughs) third. Yep.
2: (laughs) But there's always storms. Like even in the main series, like if they want a conflict or something to like, oh my god, we gotta rescue somebody. Like there's always a storm and it blows in just as quickly as it leaves. And it's always a dangerous situation. I'm kind of getting tired of it.
0: I get that it's summer and they're in like, you know, middle of the fucking Pacific Ocean, presumably. So like, you know, there's storms.
2: I guess. But it happens a lot.
0: It, because Lawrence Third.
2: Okay, fine. With his floating weather machine. It, sure. It's planning
0: ahead. There you go.
2: I'll stop being so critical. This is a children's show. No,
0: no. You should be critical because they really are like, we need a conflict. Storm. Storm. <laughs>
2: Let's be a little bit more creative, maybe. That's all I'm asking. Okay, so all the execute nests are in danger, which I have several questions about the nests. Who's building the nests? Are a bunch of executor climbing up into the trees and, like, laying eggs in a nest? Like, what? I have problems with it.
1: What is it look like giving birth to those things? Ew. Is it like a, are they chained together from the start, or is it like they mold together... And the nest. Isn't the
0: mythology that their heads fall off and become execute?
2: Is that the case?
1: I I thought so.
2: Well, in the game, you hatch an egg. So a bunch of eggs hatch out of an egg.
1: Okay, I love that. Let's keep it that way. That's funny. Technically, they're seeds, but whatever.
2: So the seeds hatch out of an egg. That's even worse somehow. So yeah, I have several questions still remaining about the nests. And these nests are not very well secured. They're basically abandoned. They're just in this tree. So the storm blows in and they're all in danger of flying away and getting destroyed. So all the Pokemon who live in the rainforest have to band together and keep them from flying away. They're successful. It's kind of cute. We get some like teamwork aesthetic and like all the Pokemon form a daisy chain and they're like holding on to each other. And then here comes Snorlax, which was so adorable. You know how I feel about Snorlax.
1: He's the MVP of this episode, for sure. Wait a
2: minute, you gotta save it to the end. (laughs) He's so adorable. This is not our Snorlax, just to clarify. This is a wild Snorlax who lives in a tree, even though he weighs, like, 500 tons.
0: Well, this is Pokemon, who probably weighs, like, 300 pounds.
1: Oh, that's
2: right. Didn't we look up how much the Snorlax weighed?
1: It's not as much as you think it is.
2: Um, I gotta look. Hold on.
1: This Snorlax, too, is able to control his eating habits... There's a lot of food left for the other Pokemon here. This one's not eating entire entire islands worth of food.
0: Uh, the execute are his um, food supply, and so he's <laughs> oh, gathering no. them
1: into the nest, oh. <laughs> saving them for later. Oh, so you think he's only saving them to eat them later, and so like they sacrifice them to keep the Snorlax fed, so he doesn't eat all their food. Okay. Uh,
0: yeah, let's go with that. Okay. Yes.
2: So, just a side note: Snorlax weighs one thousand and fourteen pounds. Ooh. So, he actually does weigh quite a lot.
0: More than an Onyx. Okay.
2: Anyway, so Snorlax is the MVP. He comes through. He saves everyone. Although, he does have a moment of weakness where he gets distracted by some flying apples that, like, fly by due to the storm. Um, But he pulls himself together and ends up saving everyone Pikachu and Ellie can have a team up moment, which is kind of cool. They like go to the top of the tree and like they're trying to attack the lightning bolts with their own lightning bolts. Which... Yeah,
1: they're like <laughs> fighting the storm. You think it would do more harm than good with all the yeah. t- sporadic electricity flying all over the place. I don't know. I've tried that before and it didn't work. So kudos to them for lightning, <laughs> fighting lightning with lightning.
2: The worst place you can be during a, a thunderstorm with lightning is by a tree. So PSA, do not go and hide under a tree. If you're out in the storm.
1: Were they getting hit here? Were they like the grounds? Were they trying to be the grounding for the tree or were they just literally just shooting at the lightning?
2: I think they were trying to like deflect the lightning, but I don't think that's actually like what happens in real life. I don't think you can fight lightning with lightning. So
0: if there was some magnemite living in this tree. They should have helped. Like they could have been like yeah. this rancher
1: magnemite. That's true.
2: What, the what were they doing? They weren't anywhere. We saw them for like one minute and they were gone.
1: They had to go farm. They got the whist. They heard the whistle and had to go somewhere.
2: Then the storm moves out as quickly as it came. Then we see a dragonair flying by. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I can't dragonair control the weather. Yes. So was it this dragonair's fault that this was happening?
0: I choose to believe the storm stopped because of dragonair, oh, but okay. it also could have started the storm potentially.
1: Do you think it has like some savior complex where it starts tragedies and then comes in and solves them, make itself feel better?
0: Maybe this Dragonair is the reason why there's storms every fucking five minutes.
1: <laughs> it just It's a around. menace.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I kind of, <laughs> here's Austin with like the optimistic outlook on it. And I'm over here like this sadistic Dragonair was watching all these poor Pokemon fight for their lives. Oh boy. Okay. Chansey comes up with the missing execute, which I don't understand where it came from in the first place why does chancy have it i don't know it's convenient but
0: did chancy find the missing execute or did chancy steal the missing execute in the first place mm.
2: C- questions
0: and then it bit her from the inside Ew!
2: Oh
1: <laughs> running a dark lair onto this short here
0: it's not the best short it's not very exciting eh,
2: it's, it's okay it could be worse anyway after the seed or whatever is reunited with the rest of its group It evolves with a leaf stone that is conveniently there that, like, blew in from the storm. I always forget Execute's a leaf stone evolution, but whatever. It evolves. Execute or Executor is there. We do get a split second where we see it from behind, which was really disturbing.
1: We did? I I missed that part. What does it look like?
2: Uh, Weird. I kind of wish that, like, so Execute has six eggs or seeds or whatever, but Executor only has three heads. I kind of wish they had the heads like wrap all the way around it because it looks really weird from the back. Hmm. Like the front three heads are there to take up the space in between like the palm tree hair and the body. Like from the back, it's just like the palm tree hair. And it's like really weird looking. Unfortunately, we don't have a Lola executor yet.
0: The only executor worth mentioning.
2: That's so sad. I feel like we couldn't have arrived to a Lola executor without executor, but it is the superior executor. Yeah, and that's it. They save the day, and then they go back through the tree hole and reunite with the twerps, who are none the wiser that any of this has happened.
1: We kind of see how bad of trainers they are to fall asleep. Whatever. I guess they retired from this storm that they slept through.
2: I think the storm was only in, like, the Alice in Wonderland rainforest area. I think that the twerps were spared from that.
1: I wish we could have been spared from this short. Am I right? (sighs) Yawn.
2: You guys.
1: (laughs) All right. Did we want to do an MVP and an LVP I'm most viable player? Of course we do. Okay.
2: That's the name of the game.
1: I don't have a quote. I have several. Okay. I'll let you I'll get I'll let you give <laughs> me one. Austin, you're going first, followed by myself and then Alex. Who's your Boy. most viable player? Least viable player in the quote? I don't really have
0: an MVP LVP. Yet. My quote is Pollywirl during the dance musical sequence. What? Cuz he says Wrath rath and I'm like, Pollywhirl. that's not your name. Wait, does Aww. he really? Yes, he does. Holy
2: cow, I completely missed it.
0: Fucking Pollywhirl, idiot.
2: <laughs> oh my god.
0: He's going through an identity crisis. My LVP is Pollywhirl for pretending to be something it's not. Admittedly, Pollywhirl and Polyrath look so similar, maybe it just got confused. I don't know. My MVP is going to be the Dragonair for valiantly saving the tree.
1: Okay, my go. Um, give me a quote, Austin. What's another funny quote you had? Oh, Alex is going to be mad. I'm
0: going to take this and give it to you. When Meowth is hanging on a tree branch over a waterfall and says, This time I'm really out on a limb.
1: Ha! Hey. that's uh, That was my quote, and my LVP... <laughs> sure. My LVP is also going to be Meowth for kind of just... He falls down this hole, and he's got a little backpack on ready to go to camp, and he gets hung up on a branch and kind of just sits there the whole episode to the very end, so kind of sucks to just be hanging around like that the whole time. And then my MVP, I'm going to toss it to the man Snorlax.
2: God damn it, Jacob. God hey, damn it. <laughs>
1: hey, I gave you a warning that that was going to be my MVP.
2: No, you know that Snorlax is my baby. Oh, I'm so betrayed.
1: He's my MVP for, I mean, if weren't for him, the storm would have killed a lot of Pokemon. So good for you, Snorlax, for holding it down and being the anchor to the chain.
2: I'll never forgive you for this. That's okay. I'll have to be creative. MVP, um, I'm going to give it to Pikachu. Why not? It's his adventure. Plus, he was very brave when he went up to that top of the tree to try to, like, fight off the lightning bolts with his own thunder attacks. So good for him. LVP, I'm going to give it to that one Gyarados that kept trying to eat me out while he was hanging on that branch because it doesn't seem like there's much sport in that. So let's see, quote. I only wrote down one quote. And it was from Meowth at the end. And he basically is like, I never want to go to camp ever again. Because I don't think he ever really made it to camp. So I'm kind of wondering what the whole like situation with that was. But I feel bad for him. He was just minding his own business for once.
1: Oh, right. Well, I guess now's the time we can move on from the appetizer to the main course. Pokemon (laughs) the movie 2000. Power of one. The movie, as we stated before, we all forget about And so our goal here is to start it off. We're going to do a summary challenge. I'm going to start us off. We have 30 seconds each. We're going to start with myself and then go to Alex. And then Austin, you're going to finish us off. All right. We'll see how this goes. Oh, <laughs> my God. So this goes. is going to so- be really going to Okay, hard Jacob. Maneuver. Okay. Three, oh two, God. one, go. Okay. So we get an introduction to like there's a balance of power in the Pokemon universe. And this involves Articuno, Zapdos, and Moltres. Next, we meet this guy, Lawrence III, who's a Pokemon collector who wants to capture all three of these to awaken Lugia. We start off with him in some futuri- futuristic aircraft, and he captures Moltres. Flash, flash forward, we're at an island with Ash, Misty, and Tracy. And tr- obviously, there's a ceremony there, and Ash gets chosen to be the chosen one because a girl named, I think, Melanie chooses him, which is great. And we also, in this time, see a whole bunch of Pokemon acting crazy and wildlife's time. going crazy. Storm's going crazy everywhere.
2: Oh my god, where are we now? Oh god, okay.
1: I would say I ended plot-wise, Ash on the island being the chosen one, and they're having that little ceremony thing.
2: Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. You ready, Alex? Okay.
1: In, three,
0: two, one, go.
2: So, Ash being the chosen one, he has to go out and find the treasures, so he has to go to each island and find the spheres in order to calm the storm. so all the Pokemon are there. Professor Oak is like, oh my god, there's a whole balance of power thing. Uh, Lawrence III appears again, and he captures Zapdos this time, he's already got Moltres, um team rocket appears they try to help ash get to the third island in order to get the articuno treasure they are fighting lugia appears in order to help ash get to the time okay lugia appears
1: yeah okay are you ready austin yes okay so lugia just appeared in five four three two one go
0: Ash gets the final treasure. But meanwhile, Zapdos, Armarino, and Moltres are going fucking crazy, and they're shooting each other. And they don't seem to have any like cause; they're just going nuts. And so, Ash gets the final treasure back with Team Rocket and Lugia, and at Misty and Tracy. And M- Melody plays her little flute song. She plays a Donna Summer song, and <laughs> that calms Lugia, revives him, and now everything's calm. And the storms are over. And Delia comes and is like, "I missed you," and Ash is like, "Okay, bye." movie over time the end okay that wasn't bad <laughs> that was
1: pretty good let's, I'll give, let's give a pat on the back to each one of us that was actually all of this is improvised good. just so yeah.
2: everyone's aware <laughs> well, I think they're aware <laughs> okay good <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's right okay so Pokemon the movie 2000 I'm trying to think I remember seeing this in theaters and I didn't remember that until I actually saw it so I remember <laughs> you, know, that, you know what I mean there and the last time I saw this movie was actually during quarantine Oh, that was recent. Yeah, it was 2020. I, like I said, my memory just doesn't go with this movie. I forgot I even watched it. And even then, I was like, oh, this is the movie. But um, you guys share similar feelings, I guess.
2: It came back to me when I watched it. I I don't know. I feel like I remembered things. Like, I, I thought it was more involved than it was. But, like, rewatching it, I was like, oh, okay, that was, like, over faster than I thought. But, like, eh.
0: It's serviceable. It's.
1: Yeah, it's a good way.
0: Any attempt at theme that Shudo, as the screenwriter attempted to put into it, did not come through via in the final product, and I think the dub made that even less so. I think it's a perfectly fine, like, adventure flick, but it's a bit too simple for its own good.
2: I'm just curious, because I know when we spoke about the, the YouTube video we watched last week, like, he apparently, like, Shudo apparently compromised quite a bit on the movie. Like, he didn't want Ash to be the focus. Watching it yesterday... I'm like, well, what if the movie was so Ash centric? I'm like, where was the compromise? Like, what was this movie even supposed to be? Like, if not that?
1: They had to have someone completely else in there. Like, it just had to be someone else. Like, it wasn't, they just had the story th- drawn out and it wasn't supposed to be Ash. They compromised it to be Ash. So Ash just got thrown into that slot. That's the only way I could see that happening.
0: It kind of made me think of like a game show, like a children's, like Nickelodeon guts or uh, yeah, uh what's it called?
1: <laughs> Why, was it uh? I know what you're talking about, the slime. What was that show with the slime?
0: Legends of the Hidden Temple or that, whatever Yeah, yeah, something like it's that. It's like, okay, Ash, here's your physical challenges that you have to go complete. You got <laughs> you got to go to this cave, and you got to run through, and then you got to take this back to this place, and then, like, it was like a fetch quest yeah. of all it was. and
1: it's like, uh, who wants to be a millionaire? Because you get, like, three lifelines throughout the movie. You know, you get, like, one help from this person, and they can help you a certain way. You get another help from another person, they help you another way, and so on and so on. Like I said, once I started watching it, I knew exactly where we were going. And we can go ahead and dive in the movie here, and we've sort of broken it down into plot points. And we'll start off with, of course, the prologue, the beginning. What do you guys think?
2: The prophecy.
1: Again, we we start off with the prophecy, right? (laughs) Holy shit,
2: the prophecy. There's so many prophecies.
1: This is the prophecy.
2: The prophecy to end all prophecies.
1: It's amazing how many prophecies there can be about one person.
2: My God. <laughs> and you know what the best part is? They'll completely forget any of this happened when we're back to the main series. <laughs> so,
1: Once the prophecies fulfilled, it's just forgotten. That's it. It's over. And I think like we, Austin, you mentioned like themes, kind of like trying to, they're trying to be a theme. We kind of get that in the beginning with the opening line about there being a balance of power in the universe. And if one gets off balance... Bad things happen. And I think we're supposed to dive deeper into that, but we just don't go there with this movie. I I,
0: th- I have a theory.
1: Go for <laughs> it. You have a prophecy?
0: No, I have a <laughs> an analysis. All right. I don't know the original script of this movie, the Japanese script. But I do know, based on what we know from outside sources, that this movie is supposed to be about the origin of life on Earth. Okay. So much... L- oh, I'm skipping way ahead. Much later... We're going to get Oak's explanation of, presumably, this little island chain, Shimudi Island and its accompanying islands. Fire Island, Ice Island, and Lightning Island are the birthplace of life on Earth, like, billions of years ago. Because he explains it as fire and ice create water. Okay. And then lightning gives it a chemical reaction. And we see DNA strands form in the primordial soup. And I'm like...
2: Okay. okay. This is
0: kind of interesting, but the dialogue doesn't reflect that at all.
1: He's just like, "There's an imbalance of power. That's not good." <laughs> it's like, the it's like you explain it. Explain it like I'm five is what Oak is going for there, with the chart behind him being very thorough and how this it, actually exactly he's not, process. because he's not saying anything.
2: <laughs> I mean, there's so many differing origin stories, like throughout Pokemon that we've gotten since then. So, I mean. I don't put any stock into any of this.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't either. But like I said, we get, we get that theme. Like Austin talked about, there's the origin of life. We kind of hit that in the beginning, and then we get a character we've never met before. His name's Lawrence the Third. He's the antagonist here, and we see him some kind of like giant spaceship, and it's got like a saint. <laughs> oh it's got like a saint painting on the top of it, like.
2: It's the Sistine
0: Chapel. It's like a floating Sistine Chapel. Did he
2: steal the Sistine Chapel? I mean, he collects stuff, so maybe he stole the ceiling off the Sistine
1: Chapel. He's called like a Pokemon collector, but he does... That's not like his only collection that he has. Like, he has some stuff in there that's... Like, you shouldn't have. Like, this should be... It belongs in a museum, is what we're going to say. Yes,
2: Alex. Can I go back just for a second? Because I... Like, we didn't talk about slow king like slow king opens up this movie and like the prophecy can i read it can i just read it i wrote the yeah read the prophecy austin like got mad at me because i told him i did not get
0: mad at you yes
2: he did you were like you can just google this and write it down oh i did say that okay i think we just need some context before we get into the whole lawrence the third thing so slow king is like living on shimudi island and we don't really get an explanation for slow king he can talk for some reason Anyway, there's the prophecy that we mentioned is disturb not the harmony of fire, ice, or lightning lest these titans wreak destruction upon the world in which they clash. Through the waters great guardian shall arise to quell the fighting alone, its song will fail. Thus the world shall turn to ash. Ha ha. Very literally. Okay, now we can move forward because Lawrence III his evil villain prophecy bullshit that he has, so. What is his
1: goal? He wants a fucking Lugia. Yeah, he's waking up Lugia, but like Just to capture it, I guess, is the whole... Lawrence is just a very odd antagonist. Does he think
0: he's the chosen one? Because he's going around, he's disturbing lightning lightning and harmony and bullshit, and (laughs) he's going to claim the beast of the sea. That's what I'm... Which is... Yeah. Is that what's going on?
2: I don't know if he thinks he's the chosen one. I think he's just a very entitled person who just wants... Like, when he has them, what is his, like, ultimate goal for having them? Is he going to keep them in, like, those restraints? Or, like, is he going to open up, like, a zoo? I mean, like, what is his ultimate end goal?
0: He's going to hoard them to himself.
2: Weird. Okay. Whatever. He's not a very fleshed out character.
0: Nah, he's kind of just thrown in there. He's a critique of the collector's mindset, And the Pokemon (laughs) fandom. Whoa,
2: whoa, whoa, whoa.
0: (laughs) He's a critique of Logan Paul having the the card on his
2: display. Okay, (laughs) no, he does mention that his obsession started with the Mew card. So the the same collectible Mew card that was given away as a promo for this movie, he also has that card. And that is what sparked his like intense desire to like have articuno moltres and zapdos for some reason
1: oh my god so this whole movie was made just to throw shade at the the fandom oh wow (laughs) all right that puts it uh, sheds a new light on this movie here
2: so all of us and anyone who listens who has any sort of collection of pokemon um items or cards or games we're all like apparently lunatics you're the problem that's what you are (laughs) consumerism is bad I mean it kinda
1: is, but <laughs>
0: <laughs> Especially
1: when you steal it, like Lawrence is,
2: right? Well yeah. yes.
0: Do not okay uh, do not steal Titan birds from their natural environment that they've been on since the dawn of
1: life or whatever. Yeah, Lawrence has a spa has that spaceship but he also like okay, so Lawrence, we start off like I said, he's a weird character. He does manage to capture Moltres right off the bat though, very easily with I don't even know what technology this is. It's like
0: Floating electric rings?
1: Yeah, floating electric rings that wrap around Pokemon and then are, have some kind of, like, radar on them because they're able to go back to the ship and in this one specific spot. It's, it's a lot going on with this guy.
2: Um, can we talk about his, like, supercomputer, like, Girl Friday AI thing that he has going on yeah. in his ship? Because, like, ugh, okay, whatever. I mean, it basically, like, he's playing, like, chess. He's, like, got this, like, digital chess board or whatever And it's got, like, the pieces of, like, Articuno, Zapdos, and Moltres on it. And, like, his ship. And, like, when he gets closer to it, it, like, moves the ship to the piece that represents the bird. And then, like, the AI talks to him and, like, tells him all the information that he needs to know. It's so weird. I'm like, okay.
0: Is he just richer than God and just has all these resources and is like, I'm gonna make a giant spaceship thingy?
2: I don't know. And how is, like, the police, like, does this not show up on, like... Is there an air force in Pokemon? Like, do they not see this giant like space thing like flying around? Like, I'm sorry, you've enter- you've entered an unauthorized area. Like, lower your spacecraft. Like You
1: just answered your own question, Alex. The government's in on it.
2: Okay. Well, you know what? Oh, Honestly, <laughs> I have some things to say about this after the fact because I was upset towards the end of the movie because Lawrence the Third doesn't seem to face any consequences for what he's done, and then he just completely like fucks off and we don't see him again so I'll save that but basically
1: yeah the fact that he's even even able to track these pokemon and know their exact location at all times is incredible I mean professor oak announces their location on fucking television at one point
2: Isn't this a known thing? I mean like It has
0: to be. I guess everyone knows where everything is all the time.
2: It doesn't seem like a secret but okay.
1: Yeah, there's more to that later on for sure about like what is really going on with these pokemon? Why are they here? Could have, this, could have this been prevented?
2: Anyway, this is, this, uh, Moltres, Articuno, and Zapdos are not the only Moltres, Articuno, and Zapdos there are in the world. No, they are not. And I know we're in a different time period, and, like, back then, there was some sort of, like, mystique to, like, legendary Pokemon. Now they're a dime a dozen. So I'm like, okay, they're not the only ones in the world. Maybe I'm just, that's my own outlook on it, but they don't seem special.
0: I choose to believe these are a special
2: oh, Articuno, well.
0: Zapdos... Whatever the other one is Moltres Like they're like totems or something Like totem Pokemon from the Lola region or something Uh, like that
2: I think they're just
1: the OG These are the original ones The progenitors of the others
2: Okay
1: That's a good idea, yeah They're the original of each three
2: I retract my previous statement
0: So these are like the only special ones out there And the others are just
2: Yeah,
1: copycats (laughs) They're copycats and they're not as strong Because they're dupes I guess we'll call them that they're assholes. They're, Somebody
2: yeah. used a Game Shark to duplicate, and the other ones are just the duplications. Yeah.
1: What are birds, but just rats with wings? Am I right? Right. They're dinosaurs. They're dinosaurs. <laughs> All right. I guess, does that summarize the first part? Does anyone have anything they want to say before we move on? Or. Okay. Let's move on here. The second thing we brought up which was. Austin just had to throw this in there. It was the Pokemon World theme song.
2: Oh, boy. So,
1: you want to be a master of. Pokemon. Thank you.
2: I'm sorry. I had an itch in my eye.
0: An itch for Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Go for it, Austin. Lay it uh, out. I just thought it was cute. I like how I like the traditions of this series. I like them having a theme song done by a late '90s girl group and a late '90s boy group.
2: Oh my god. Okay. So can I just little side note? Our plan is to eventually have an episode that focuses entirely on the music of this episode, right?
0: Jacob, do you agree with that? Do you want to do that? We can do that. I'll, die. I'll dive in. We can do an ahead. album review. <laughs> can we just do there's like, a lot going on. Let's just
1: do the rabbit hole. Let's go for it.
2: What, now? Because there's too much. There's too no, much. No, not we now. Could... Okay. Like later. Yeah, we, we're going to do a, a deeper exploration into the music of this movie and the soundtrack and how it came to be because there's some big name people who do music for this. Like Weird Al and Donna Summer. And so we're going to talk about that. But... I think it deserves its own episode.
0: <laughs> Alright, it's a lot. Okay. Did we just see a like a quick lineup of the Torps and out all their Pokemon on the boat that they are on? Question mark? Because they're being ferried around the orange islands by a boat captain woman. Carol. Carol. Carol, is that no Marin.
2: No, her name's Carol.
0: Carol was Melody's sister. Am I wrong?
2: Oh yes. Okay, you're right. I'm wrong to listen to me.
0: I called her Marin in my notes. They're
2: They're so. unimportant.
0: They're just, like, on a boat with Marin, you know, as they do. marinating, (laughs) marinating in the sun.
2: We get to see Old Man Scyther for two seconds. Yay. Mm -hmm, That's
1: his big appearance. The best Pokemon. I'm a huge fan of him from now. I'm just a huge fan. He won me over. Good. Good. That's it. It It was cute. It's just, you see all the Pokemon and there's good music.
2: Well, you see the Pokemon for, like, two seconds And then they go right back into the Pokeball because guess what happens? Another storm comes. A flash storm. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking storms, I swear to God.
1: Yeah, and this movie's full of them. All sorts of storms, too. Different types, precipitation. This whole movie,
2: yeah, you're right. This whole movie is just a giant storm. Basically.
1: It's like uh, The Day After Tomorrow, kind of, is going on.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, at one point I wrote this is like the disaster movie of Pokemon.
1: Yeah, like of 2012. It should have been Pokemon the movie, 2012. Now we get into some interactions on Shamuti
2: Island, right? Shamuti. Shamuti.
1: A Shamuti orange.
2: Is that what that is? I googled it. What is a Shamuti orange?
0: I don't know. An orange?
2: Okay. um, never heard of it.
0: Listen, there's only so many oranges to name islands off of.
2: The Yaffa orange? Jaffa, Yaffa?
1: We're even having to go back to people who invented the orange to name the islands after you know like cleopatra island it's crazy Christ
0: sure. I, i've not edited that episode yet That's really a difficult one
2: points for creativity
1: i will say when we land on this island did anybody else get like meowth episode flashbacks with like the cult like being greeted by like a cult on the island
0: yeah for half a second we think we're in like the bird people cannibal civilization
2: <laughs> oh yeah <laughs>
0: Tracy bravely pushes Misty out in front of him
1: uh (laughs) yeah we're greeted with people dressed in feathers and like coconut heads shaped as bird beaks it's a, it's a sight to see for sure but they're just humans so it's okay and this they're having some kind of festival where they honor is this to honor the three legendary pokemon is that what we're doing here
2: it's the legend festival I'm pretty sure that's what they say so yes
1: okay so we're honored honoring three legendary pokemon Ash jumps off the boat and, and is immediately named the Chosen One. Yes.
0: So each year they do a this festival, which one guy tells us is just for the tourists, I guess, for commerce. Yeah, And they reenact the prophecy in which someone, <laughs> a Chosen One each year, goes to each of the three smaller islands, gets the three orbs and brings them back to the main island as part of a ceremonial ritual. But What would have happened if they didn't have a random person up here on the day of the first day of the festival to be (laughs) their hero, which they volunteer him from?
2: That makes you...
1: Go ahead, Alex, you had something to say? Oh,
2: well, no, I was just going to say, so this whole thing is not based in any kind of, like... I mean, it's loosely based on, like, an ancient legend, I guess, but really it's, like, for a tourism slash, like, fun event, so I'm guessing they just... If there are tourists on the island, they just pick from that like randomly to like a chosen one. Or like they just pick one of the townspeople to do it. But like prior to this, there's not an actual catastrophe happening. So it just so happens that like there's an actual catastrophe and Ash is the real chosen one. Is that what they're basically implying?
1: I think what happened here, what's the lady Meryl, Meren? Meren that's Merrin. captain. Meryl Meryl. That's captain that has the captain of the boat. I think she tricked him getting on that boat and just like drove him there because I needed someone because she's aware oh,
0: shit. of shit. It's all a scam. It's yeah. all a ruse. Yep.
1: It's like, I'll give you a free boat ride. And then you get there. It's
0: the like, prophets have said, yep, go to this coordinate to pick up ash and that's take right.
2: him
1: here. <laughs> you shall be carried there by a <laughs> vessel.
2: It's destiny.
1: I think that's just how he ended up there because he's he's chosen to be the chosen one. And then like there's also who's the, the girl Melanie? Is that her name? Melody. Melody is the one that I guess she has the power to pick the chosen one because she picks like I said she picks ash then we see the ceremony a little bit because they're on the they're eating and they're going through all these festivities and I don't know I kind of like being the chosen one up until this point I would be in favor of being chosen when you get a great seat at the table during this feast people play music to you there's dancing all around you everyone's happy you're there I mean do you guys any see any problem with being the chosen one so far I mean this is pretty good I mean, all you do
0: is take a boat to other islands, go up some stairs, and down again. Like, that seems pretty chill.
1: Yeah.
2: It seems like a fun activity to do, like, immersion.
1: Okay, so that makes me think, like, with this prophecy thing. You mentioned going on the island getting the warps. They do this every year, right?
2: Yeah.
0: Right. Presumably the prophets from ancient times or whatever were like, we gotta make sure people know what to do when this goes <laughs> That's down. That's what it
2: is.
1: It's a, it's a training. Training. Okay. I like it.
2: Okay, I have an actual question now that I'm thinking about this. If they do this every year and it's, like, a, sh- a big show, I mean, they just do it for the fun of it, do they have, like, a replica spheres, like, the treasure? Because they can't move them without disrupting, like, the balance, right? So, like, do they have diversion I thought ones? they could
0: move the spheres. It was, like, don't fuck with the birds. That's the problem.
2: Okay. It wasn't clear. I was, like, because Ash has to bring all the spheres to Shamoodi to calm the balance, so... Taking them off of their respective islands doesn't disrupt anything, then.
1: we we Actually, we really don't know, but we can assume that it doesn't, because the birds are already acting crazy before the stones are moved. You're right. So
0: somehow, like, ancient peoples of the Orange Islands have created this mechanism for these glass spheres, orbs, to have some sort of, like, they harness the energy of Moltres and the three birds, and used in conjunction with this special flute that plays a melody based on Lugia's cry, they are able to, like, calm the birds. They're able to, like, subdue them somehow. Like, somehow they've developed this technology that...
2: (laughs) I mean, this isn't new. I mean, this isn't new. Like, they have, like, the red and blue spheres. I mean, there's always, like, spheres and flutes and shit to, like, tame...
0: The red and blue spheres from Ruby and Sapphire are based on this movie, is
1: my question. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, I'm sure. True, and, and it's like the Ocarina too is there. Made me think of Zelda a little bit. Yeah. So, we got there's a whole lot going on here. But anyway, we know we've got to go get the stones for the ceremony. Put that in air quotes.
0: Oh, that's also very Zelda. Get three stones. Yeah, it's like the... a triforce,
1: right? you got <laughs> yeah. to get each triangle. So, now we know what inspired this movie ash feels inspired and we're off to fire island to go get the first orb
2: we have to talk about the best part of the whole movie (laughs) which is the cutaway we have to pallet town we're okay that's the best part of the whole movie this is the best part of the whole movie and nothing you say can convince me otherwise
0: (laughs) oh my god Uh, okay go alex go
2: can i please okay good so we're at Pallet Town and Delia is having a nice gardening day. She's like watering her plants and it's such a beautiful day. The birds are tweeting and the butterflies are flying and it's great. And here comes Professor Oak on his bicycle, which is amazing. And then all of a sudden the storm, like because Lawrence Third is fucking around. So like all the weather stuff starts to happen. So the storm rolls in and they're like, oh, that's strange. It usually never rains this kind of time of year mimey is super cute he runs inside i thought he was abandoning delia but he comes back out with an umbrella to hold over her it was so cute love mimey for that and then it starts to snow like it was raining and then it starts to snow and then there's like a stampede of diglets that comes through the (laughs) street and (laughs) oh my god and the best part is oak is on his bicycle and the diglets start taking his bicycle away from him and he has to like grab onto the fence as he's being like taken away by the diglets i'm sure you've all seen that gif austin said it was a very like well-known gif online i think i'm the only one that cares about this (laughs) whatever
0: Uh, so what is it about the sequence that you adore so much it's
2: so stupid i don't know the whole like <laughs> oak is like ah he's like screaming and the diglets are carrying him away and then like
1: <laughs> he lands on a fence he's pretty and quick then on his like, feet grabs
2: the fence yeah and so i'm just an easily amused person i think the whole like animation of the bicycle getting carted off by the diglets is hilarious
0: so you like the slapstick of it
2: all yes <laughs> yeah the,
1: slap your legs, laugh a little bit
0: so D- delia and oak are in a in a sitcom and set in pallet town yes All this is going on <laughs>
1: the the main thing i got from that too is is not affected by like the call or whatever it is that is drawing these pokemon to the disaster oh. that ash is facing so no, i don't know what is that he is
0: delia says mr
1: mime's acting very upset so like he he senses something
2: but his one true love is Delia. He doesn't abandon her. Yeah, yes. he
1: doesn't go like the rest of them. So I don't know if like if it's wild Pokemon that are being drawn to this, or if, there are, if you have a trainer, maybe you're freaked out, but you don't go. Mm. That's an interesting tidbit I got from that.
2: Sorry, I just had to recount that because it was adorable, and I'm easily entertained.
1: Good deal. But that happened, and then we're starting the ceremony by going to Fire Island. Do they have to do this in specific order, or did we... Is it fire has to be first? Do they say that? Uh, I don't fucking know. Okay. No, I I just figured. I was just wondering if there was like a scheme to this. We're shooting a fire island and I don't know. Where do you guys want to start with this? We're on fire island. We get the stone.
2: Ash is very gung ho. He like, it's like, yeah, I got to go get the spears, even though he probably should have waited and not gone out at that time. The other twerps decide to go after him in their like sailboat slash like flying Contraption. Yeah. This There's is some logistical
0: problems happening here. <laughs> yeah. Ash and Marin go on ahead in her boat. Halfway there, the storm beco- becomes back and the water becomes choppy. So they are basically stranded on Fire Island because her rudder is destroyed. Destroyed. <clears throat> Meanwhile, back to shimudi Melody, the girl, the maiden girl, like we gotta go get Ash because the storm is dangerous. So she says, Carol, I'm taking your boat. And Carol's like, Well, what are you gonna do? And Melody's like, I'm taking your boat. Yeah. And somehow the sister does not the older sister who's like an adult woman doesn't say, No, you're staying right fucking here, Melody. She just lets her go out into like the sudden, like the high waves and the storms. Misty and Tracy accompany her. So they go to Fire Island where Ash is trapped, not knowing he's trapped. And now they're going to be trapped there, too, because of the waves. Good fucking plan.
2: But her boat flies.
0: Yeah, it works out. Like, I mean, her boat has
1: sea and air capabilities. Yeah,
0: what she does is she's like, by the way, guys, my boat flies. with For no apparent reason, really, but it does. And so she takes it up the ancient stone
1: staircase, presumably <laughs> destroying the staircase while doing so. The only way she makes it fly is she released the sails. And then she just, like, has two little handles that she's, she's not even steering this thing. She's just yanking on them left and right because the wind's just dictating where they're going and just flying up these stone stairs, destroying everything inside. There's going to be no ceremony next year, I guarantee that, unless they get people out there to fix it. She takes the boat up
0: the stairs as opposed to walking up the stairs.
1: Doesn't she say something when, like, Misty and Tracy try to get out and walk? She's like... No, I got this, and that's when she just rides it up the stairs or something like that.
2: Is the bottom of this boat made of like diamonds and like titanium? Like, how is it not being destroyed?
1: Yeah, and it gets there. We get to the top, I guess, and then we kind of. Do you guys have anything much to say about this, or do we want to?
2: This is kind of leads into the next part. This is on the flying ship, and the world is going to hell. Which this is all happening like simultaneously.
1: On the Fire Island, Lawrence Third captures uh, Zapdos.
2: Yeah, I didn't like Zapdos. Um, I do have some thoughts about Zapdos. Zapdos... Okay, Team Rocket shows up because they stowed away on the boat. That's how they're there. As they do. Yeah, as they do. Zapdos shows up because Zapdos is being a little butthole, and Pikachu is trying to communicate with it with, like, electrical shocks, and Meowth is somehow able to, like, understand what they're saying via electric shock communication. <laughs> Whatever. And Zapdos is basically like, yeah, now that Moltres is gone, I'm the king of Fire Island. Buck all y'all. And then <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Zapdos, you're like horrible. He's like e- easily my least favorite of them because he's like an opportunistic little butthole who's like, I'm going to like take over the island. And now I have my island and this island.
0: I want to know what Articuno is doing that he's like, I'll just let Zapdos go get that one. I don't really care.
2: Oh, my God. Articuno. Okay. I have some thoughts about Articuno later. Poor little thing. <laughs>
0: I I do see just design wise How Zapdos would be the most aggressive
2: Yeah he's all spiky
1: spiky, Yeah that's what I was thinking Spikiness. I guess it
2: fits the person out Like aesthetically And like Jacob like you said This is where Lawrence III flies in With his giant like church thing And like captures Zapdos And the boat Oh so then he also captures Zapdos And his rings also grab the twerps And their boat And fly them up to it
1: Lawrence III makes it look really easy here. He gets a two-for-one special with the Zapdos and... Like I said, he makes it look... He captures Zapdos no problem. I mean, it literally takes, like, snap your fingers, he's in the ship. Giovanni
0: needs to, like, commission this technology from this guy. For, like, you just, like, show up and everything's taken care of automatically. Yeah. Stealing legendaries, no big deal.
1: Tell the computer what you want to do, and this computer does it. It's incredible. But we're all... Our twerps, they get captured. They all end up on the ship. And this is our next plot point. We're on the flying ship, and the world is uh, going to hell here. Two birds gone. Then, yeah, there's storms everywhere. It's snowing. Like, in places it shouldn't snow. People are dying of heat in places it should be snowing. It's like just the <laughs> shit's going on. <laughs> this is weird. You're oh,
2: right? my God. I'm, not, I'm sorry. I'm not laughing about people dying of, like, heat. stroke. <laughs> <Boom. laughs> Yeah, I certainly hope not. Yeah, that was when uh, I heard
1: a snuckle there.
2: I'm sorry, I was looking ahead at my notes and then I was I saw what I wrote down next. I'm so sorry.
0: Okay, interesting. Interesting. So our twerps are in the Sistine the flying Sistine <laughs> Chapel Museum.
2: Yeah. I'm sorry, I was laughing because I wrote down what the computer said about this whole situation.
1: Which would be Oh, what it's what does it say? About the disasters going on?
2: We've got a code blue three.
1: Yeah, a code blue three. A
2: code blue three. <laughs> what the fuck?
1: Is that referring to like the the disaster outside or is that like
2: no!
0: <laughs> no, it's referring to the to them accidentally capturing our main cast oh my along God. with Zapdos. Oh my Okay. I'm
2: sorry. I think it's so amusing. Like how is it programmed into the system that like oh we captured a rogue boat? Code blue three Makes like, you think what's like,
0: code blue one and yeah. code blue two. What I
1: don't else has he captured? So like three four is obviously like a boat and children.
2: Like yeah, garbage what's, like one, what's
1: a one two garbage and like like
2: i don't know regular animals like i don't know i'm so confused by this you got whole some thing. water in there that's why i was laughing i'm so sorry not because people are dying
1: yeah. that's great and the result of that three four is our twerps like they're in the 16 chapel flying around and i guess they see moltres and they're like hey we got to, along with Team Rocket, they're like, hey, we got to break these birds out. I guess they're just breaking them out because they see that he captured them and they want them to be free. I don't think they know that, like, the disasters are outside or because of this. So their initial was like, we just got to rescue these Pokemon.
0: Well, there is, like, a photocopy of the prophecy on display in this oh, little my area. Yeah,
1: they got some kind of, like, Rosetta Stone thing where, like, they translate it where it says, that's prophecy, so...
0: Melody's able to read the ancient Shimudi inscriptions and yeah. <laughs> the prophecy. This
1: thing's fake, by the way, because it's written in Crayola. This is like from the ceremony that they have on the islands. We get some back and forth between Misty and Lawrence.
2: Yeah, good for Misty.
1: Misty's
0: like, you, can- you talk about Pokemon, they're stamps, they're dolls. And Lawrence is like, I'm just a collector. I don't know what to tell you. Okay, look around my museum. Bye. And leaves them to their devices.
2: Oh, yeah, he doesn't yeah. even do anything to, like, restrain them or anything. I mean, technically, they are in a cage, but, like, he leaves them.
1: And they get out of the cage.
2: Well, he doesn't, like, take their Pokemon or, like, any yeah. that. Yeah, they bust out. They bust out with, what, Charizard or something?
1: Yeah, they free Moltres, who immediately turns to attack Zapdos. He heard what Zapdos was saying on his island, so now he's pissed. So he's going to shoot him with a fire flame. And break his cage. And then the two birds start fighting. Next thing we know, we're crashing, right?
0: These birds were wild. They were just out of control. (laughs) Because, like, sometimes they're fighting each other. And and then they seem to, like, kind of team up. And they're like, we're going to bring down this weird floating ship contraption. Which they do. And then they're fighting each other. Articuno's outside. Freezing
1: everything without a care in the world. It's just furious. Yeah, these three birds are causing a lot of problems. And listen, like you said, they all attack each other, but if something kind of interferes in their fight, they unite to destroy whatever is, like, like stopping them from fighting. Yeah, we're
0: fighting here. Yeah. Leave us alone.
1: Yeah. Does anyone does anyone else have anything to say about the ship and us crashing it before we move on to the next part?
0: Well, we get a Delia Oak scene.
1: Is this in the helicopter? Are we in the helicopter? Yes. Okay.
0: Alex, do you want to cover this one?
2: Boy, what? It, what happens? Okay, I'll cover it. Oh, this is what you were talking about with, like in his explanation of like the fire and ice cause water, and then electricity like zaps it to life, and like all that.
0: Except he doesn't say that. He says like, yeah, harmony is not even doing good right now. <laughs> they look like on a giant like luxury helicopter. They've picked up Professor Ivy, who has left Brock to care for her little Pokemon. Brock
2: for like two seconds in the background of like her. Good for Brock. I love Brock. Oh, I miss him so much.
0: Professor Ivy's here for the second of two times we ever see her.
2: Why is she there? She doesn't like contribute.
0: She's still stoned out of her mind too. Uh, She's doing a lot better here than she did the last time we saw her. I think she's. She's gathered herself. Yeah,
1: she knows where she's at here.
0: Let's yes, give her that. She's on a luxury helicopter yeah. with news crew. And
2: Brock has influenced her into like maybe giving up her habit a little bit. So she's doing better.
0: Mm-hmm. The news crew is like monitoring Oak as in his silly explanation. Delia's there going like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And the news crew turns to Delia and is like, who the hell are you? <laughs> and Delia's like, my son's in the Orange Island and I'm really worried about him. And the newsman is like, oh, cut back to the twerps who are in the flaming wreckage of the ship. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yep. We get that little flashback, and next thing you know, we're crashing on Lightning Island, which is Zapdos's island, of course. Articuno is here, right? Articuno's flying around.
2: Is it? I've Articuno. lost track of Lugia. Or Lugia. Lugia. Articuno. <laughs> yeah.
1: Articuno, I think, from our members, is here, freezing stuff, and... Our birds continue to just, like, battle it out. What else more can you say about this? We somehow survived this, and we're trying to survive three legendary Pokemon fighting outside.
0: Yeah, we're on Lightning Island for approximately 30 seconds, and part of the ship destroys the shine, the lightning orb shrine. Yeah. It, like, crashes on it, but conveniently, the lightning orb flies through the air and lands right in front of Ash and lands softly in the snow. So now Ash has two of the spheres.
2: Good for him.
1: Yeah, and this is where, so we have two of the orbs or whatever they're called. And we're going, We're now we're trying to get to the place where you put them in to balance everything. Thankfully, Lugia escorts them there.
2: Yeah, he, he. this is where he shows up because he saves them with a whirlpool. So they don't like crash. It's like, like crashing. He like picks them up with a whirlpool. We get introduced to him through like some stock whale sound effects that's how we know he's coming
0: <laughs> some stock sound whale sound
1: effects that really like donna summer yeah <laughs> we see blips of him a little bit
2: he's fighting the birds
1: lugia escorts them to shimuti Shem- island i can't I can say that shimuti island and this is where we we have two orbs in place and this is where slow king gives us a little exposition on why this is happening we get the prophecy reread here. <laughs> that's basically it. Thank God we got the prophecy yet again. Yeah, that's all that really happens here.
2: Well, they make the connection that the prophecy is an actual literal reference to Ash's name. The world will turn to Ash. Not like, oh, everything will be destroyed and like ashes that are going to be everywhere. No, the world will turn to you, Ash, because you're the only one who can solve the problem. And Misty helpfully points this out.
1: uh, Slow King, missing that there.
2: (laughs) Snow Cone.
1: Yeah, Snow Cone explains this to us. That (laughs) should actually be a funny name for him. He explains this all to us, and now we realize we got to go get the third orb by journeying to Ice Island and heading back, which is our next talking point. We're going to Ice Island. Ice Island.
2: Okay, before we talk about Ice Island, I have to talk about Ash. Yes. Because... I feel like Ash has a really important character development moment here. Ooh. Yes. And I i know we've talked about this, and I'm very harsh on current Ash, like Journey's Ash. I don't like current Ash. I feel like he's a he's got the depth of, like, a plank of wood. I mean, he's, like, not fun. I mean, he has no conflict. I, we've talked about this. I know we talked about it before, but this I liked. And that kind of made me a little emotional because, like, maybe I'm just too much of a sentimental softy or something, but... I like when he has this moment of self-doubt, you know? They're, like, standing around, and they're like, Ash, you're the chosen one. Like, the world is depending on you. And that's a big thing to put on a 10-year-old, right? So he's, like, scared. I mean, he's really scared. He says that. He's like, I don't know if I can do this. You know, he starts to cry. I mean, he actually has emotion. He's like, oh, my God. Like, I can't do this.
1: What a wimp.
2: (laughs) That wimp. He can't, like, save the world or anything. But... I don't know. I think it's a good moment for him. I think it's touching. Like in all seriousness, Pikachu comes up, reassures him, his other Pokemon gather around. You know, they pop out of their balls, like Pokeball mechanics and all that. They come out without even being prompted. They're gathering around him, reassuring him. And then all his friends are there saying, Ash, we believe in you. You can do this. And he's like, okay, I can do this.
1: This is the part of the movie where I'm like, why'd they call this the power of one? He's getting all this help and all this stuff. I'm like, this is not like what one person's able to do. This is like the power of a united front, the power of a house. One
2: friendship, you know? one yeah. united effort.
0: I have thoughts on that and we'll get to later. Okay. <laughs> okay.
2: I don't know. I just wanted to point that out.
0: That is a good point, Alex. This is Ash's first saving the world rodeo. So it makes sense that this first time he's hesitant, as opposed to later years, will so he just be like, yeah, it's Tuesday. I got to save the world again yeah well, he
2: has human emotions you know he's got his moment of you know self-doubt of apprehension like we don't get that from ash now i mean he's very like everything's great woohoo i can do anything i want to do if i put my mind to it like it's boring
1: he's desensitized to it now alex that's the problem he experienced it too early on <sighs> now just he's battle-hardened so nothing really penetrates his emotional spectrum well
2: now he's like like a Simple, like just he doesn't even have like I don't know he he just strikes me as a kind of person that would like stare at the sun until you like pulled him away from it like no ash you have
0: <laughs> maybe all of his experiences have like rotted his brain from the inside and now maybe. he's unable to like function
2: like he's the kid who's out there like what was that was there like a movie maybe it was like King of the Hill or something when like Bobby's playing baseball and he's like out there in the outfield like picking like. Daffodils, or something.
0: Oh, I did that as a kid.
2: Yeah, like he's out there just like occupying himself, like do do do, like completely naive. Like he doesn't have any care in the world outside of his own like bubble. Like Ash is just eh, one dimensional now. Like this Ash, this is like my Ash. Well,
0: he's the power of one dimensional.
2: Yeah. Oh my God.
0: (laughs) Okay, now we're going to Ice Island. The best way to go to Ice Island is for everyone to be like, okay, Ash. Walk to Ice Island now. We're going to stay here at Shimuti and we're going to let you go
1: alone. Bye. He's the chosen one, Austin. The, the prophecy could not have been more clear. It doesn't say the world turns to ash and friends. It just says the world turns to ash.
0: Yes, go walk several miles on the frozen ocean.
2: Why doesn't he ride Charizard?
0: Because he has to tie a rope to Charizard and then sit on some boat wreckage and then charizard will fly him
2: there with squirtle and bulbasaur also tied yeah why are squirtle and
0: bulbasaur aren't gonna be a good sled dog team (laughs) he's working with what he's got okay
2: but oh my god how can he how can squirtle and bulbasaur run as fast as charizard can fly it doesn't make sense
0: (laughs) gotta get the starters in there
1: somewhere i don't know
2: god okay
1: marketing marketing's gotta take somewhere mark you gotta have marketing points somewhere
2: Lugia could have flown him over there.
1: Well, we get there eventually.
0: Lugia's here and Lugia's just like, I'll protect you. Don't worry. So he's so Lugia's like
1: an escort.
0: Yeah, he's an escort and he's protecting them from the bir- other birds for a while. At least this is he's one of those useless. instances
1: where like the birds they're fighting and they see Ash and they just start attacking him. Like, I don't get like what the what do they think Ash is trying to do? Do they know? Do they not want to be calm? Or do they not want balance? I guess they don't want... They want to fight. You know, these birds want to fight.
0: They're going after Lugia for a large
1: chunk of it. That's just... Like, this whole ceremony... I'm I'm going to bring this up. Why do we have to go get the orbs from the different islands and put them on this one thing? Why don't we just leave them in this balance chamber? All the time? That's a good point. Why, Why are they distanced from each other? That's what I don't get... That's what this whole thing doesn't make sense to me, is why don't we just keep them... I guess... Do they separate them so they're harder to get if somebody wants to steal them? Maybe... But then that doesn't make sense because they're not that hard to get to in the first place. Maybe they're, like,
0: bird SSRIs. And you have to have, like, the ice sphere on the ice island or Articuna's going to get pissed.
1: <laughs> but that doesn't make sense, though, because you put them all together on that one island and everything's back to normal. And they're, like, then it's like they're on SSRIs, whatever. Then they're calm. and This is so silly. <laughs> it, it just doesn't make sense to me.
2: They have to take... So, all this, like chosen one shit they do in previous years like they take all the spheres and put them on Shimudi but then they have to take them back do the townspeople do that like after the fact
0: they must sloking does it <laughs> sloking is the he's the return S-
1: yeah. system that's the reason why he knows so much it just doesn't make any sense why not just leave him in this place where everything's good why do we separate them plot that part kind of ruined it for me we'll continue here we're on ice island we get the last orb and then this is where it helps wait a minute this gets really dumb this is where it gets really dumb no this is awesome this is the best part this is i had flashbacks to another movie when i saw this part which part are you talking about let's team rocket that part is awesome Team
2: rocket coming in clutch with their boat yet again that first movie had the viking boat this time we have the inflatable boat with a big fan on the back so they can super like super raft yeah
1: <laughs> okay i wasn't talking about this part you go ahead team rocket they're here with us
2: this is the best part well actually okay no this is the second best part well maybe i don't know it's tied with the oak and delia part but being the best part <laughs> oh my god austin did you want to talk about it or should i
0: no i'm talking way too much you go
2: me i think i'm yeah, talking you. too much okay they have the best motto ever can i say it or should i wait
1: i think that was one of my quotes but if we're not doing that go ahead Oh, we're doing quotes.
2: There's so many other quotes. Are you going to take the motto as it, or should I do it now? Okay, okay let's forward. do
1: a
0: performance of the motto. Okay. Put it in the chat. Okay. <laughs> put it in the chat.
2: Should I do it? Okay.
0: I'll be Meowth.
2: I didn't, like, designate who did what, but I'm sure you can figure it out.
0: Yeah, I don't know who's talking where. <laughs> All right, Alex, you do a one-woman performance.
2: No, Jesse's first, and then James, and then Jesse, and then that's how it goes, right?
1: I'll be Jesse. I'll be James. Okay. Point to me when I'm supposed to talk. If that kid thinks we're here for trouble, we're certainly going to burst his bubble. Instead of causing tribulation, we've undergone a transformation. Though it's way outside our usual range. We're going to do something nice for a change. Jesse! James! Up till now, Team Rocket has been quite unscrupulous. Being good guys for once would be super-dupulous.
2: That's right. Boom. Boom good job you guys
1: the flawless flawless flawless, execution. flawless as usual <laughs>
2: <laughs> anyway i love them they're so great in everything they do
1: they're the best one of the best parts of this movie for sure oh my
2: god and then the end oh god oh my god it yes. completely tugged at my heartstrings we'll have to talk about that when we get there but
0: okay team rocket escorts ash to ice island Great. Yeah, it's really cool. The animation's really cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, that this. I wasn't talking about this part. I was talking about the part a little bit after this. But yes, Team Rocket gets us there, and it, it's awesome. This is like Team Rocket's highlight.
0: They're able to avoid the bird's attack beams better than Lugia was able to protect them.
2: They were amazing. They were, like, dodging all of the attacks. They get there. They fly him all the way up right to, like, the ice shrine and, like, protect Ash from, like, Articuno, who's, like, raging around.
0: Team Rocket's super competent when they want to be. Yeah.
2: Right? And then James had a really great moment. I don't know if you guys caught this, but, like, they're attacked. And then there's, like, an avalanche sort of situation. And James, like, doesn't even hesitate. He springs into action to try to move the boulders with his bare hands. He's like, I'm going to get you out of here, Ash. It's, like, (laughs) trying to, like. It was fantastic. James was maybe my MVP for that moment right there.
1: Oh. They're the highlight, for sure, of this part. They actually, well, utilized in this movie. I God, I'm
2: gonna cry. They're so great. <laughs>
0: this might be Team Rocket's best movie, actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, I can't think of a better one.
1: They're so they're balance so perfect in this between comic relief and then having them sort of being like the heroes of the trip. You know, once again, the power of one's totally gone because we have Team Rocket getting us there. But this is their best movie, like you said, Austin, for sure, without a doubt.
0: I like the way they were using the first movie where they were like exposition devices. Mm-hmm. That was decent, but in most of the movies, they're completely worthless.
1: I loved them in this movie. I didn't just like them. I loved them.
2: Ash would not have been successful if not for them.
1: No. Power won my ass. So Team Rocket's gotten us there. That highlight of the movie. This is the part I was talking about that was kind of stupid. Lugia, our boats crashed. Team Rocket can't get us back to the island because the boat's gone. Lugia comes and picks us up and carries us back to Shemuti Island.
2: Wait, you didn't even talk about how Articuno was like killed.
1: That was brutal. (laughs) That happens. Yeah.
2: Jacob's like, and that happens. Articudo is violently attacked by Zapdos and Moltres and killed in, like, an explosion of, like, red smoke, which I feel like is sort of, like, blood. It kind of was, like, it it (laughs) invoked blood. Like, yeah, like, it was very violent and it, like, crashes into the ground and they're, like, still attacking it when it's, like, dead on the ground. And then we don't see it.
0: It's gone for the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah. It got vaporized. It crashes It crashes into the shrine. It destroys the shrine, right? Yes. I think all every single shrine has been destroyed at this point.
1: Yes, they are all been destroyed. That part's cool. I'm talking about the part where Lugia carries us back. Why didn't Lugia yes. carry us there to begin with?
2: Why didn't Frodo and Sam take the eagles? That's exactly what Should I was going to. We don't talk about it. That's <laughs>
1: exactly what came to my mind. Lugia is the eagles. Yes. Like I said, this movie's like... Got some deep undertones to it. You can kind of, like, see how it's a kid's movie, how it's a adult movie with, like, maybe you need to balance nature and be kind to nature. Maybe that's a theme you could get from it. But then the, the orbs, Not why don't you just keep all the orbs in one spot, keep everything balanced, and why didn't Lugia take two minutes, fly to Ice Island, get the orb, go back, boom, shebang, we're done. It almost ruined it, in a way, for me. Yes, Alex?
2: I will tell you why, Jacob, and the reason <laughs> we... for that is... It's all about the journey. He's got to prove himself and make the voyage by himself. If he had Lugia fly him over there, we couldn't fulfill the prophecy. So there's some of that bullshit. That's why.
1: So he can get him back, just not there. That's not in the prophecy. Right. He can ch- cheat with Lugia on the downhill, not the uphill.
2: It's a personal growth journey. Like He has to go and do this and prove himself and take on this trial and tribulation On his own.
0: I have a theory. Yes. It's because of Articuno.
2: Because he got killed?
0: Yeah, on the way there, Lugia had to stop the three birds from attacking Ash and company. On the way back, Articuno is, like, dead on the ground. So now there's only two birds. And Lugia's like, okay, maybe this time I can have Ash on my person and I can avoid two attacking birds as opposed to three attacking so birds.
2: So two is fine and three is no, too many. I, I disagree but, with that. But that's <laughs> the thing.
0: <laughs> Lugia fails. He says he fails because he doesn't get Ash back to Shimudi. He doesn't go get all the way without being, again, down for the count because they attack
1: him. <laughs> to me, you would have had an advantage with the three birds because they're like attacking each other. This is like where they mess up. They're attacking each other while they're attacking Ash and all this stuff. Maybe three birds is more of a distraction than two. You have these two birds fighting each other, and then that's when they see Lugia. I I think it had a better shot with the three birds than the two birds. I think the two birds is harder to fight than the three because the three are still intertwined and messing with each other. Now there's two left left birds that are legendary, they're focused on Lugia and Lugia gets like killed. So I guess this part was just it was the eagle it was the Sam Frodo moment, Eagles. I hate it. (laughs) I hate that. What about
0: Team Rocket's valiant sacrifice?
1: Oh my yeah. god. That saved it a little, okay? A little bit. But it doesn't work. Again, it Jacob, doesn't no. work. <laughs> they sacrificed themselves for nothing.
2: I had Austin replay this part because I was literally getting misty-eyed because it was so touching.
1: Yeah, it's emotional and it's cool that they Oh, we're slowing Lugia down so we got to lessen the weight. Let's let go and if we die, we die.
2: They were fully ready to die. They knew what letting go of Lugia would entail for them. Like, Ash is screaming at them. Like, they're on Lugia's foot, right? They're, like, holding onto his foot. And Lugia is, like, struggling. You know, he's, like, flapping. He's, like, trying to get away from the other two. Jesse and James and Meowth are, like, we know what we have to do. Yes, we have to let go. And it was, like, Jack and Rose, you know, let go. No, don't let go. Oh, God, it was very touching. And then they're like yes we have to and then ash is like no team rocket no and he's like screaming at them because he knows what they're about to do and he's like oh my god you guys are gonna die and they're like it's okay kid you have to save the world and then they let go and it's so sad and then they're in like that ring formation they're like holding each other's arms and they're like flying around and meowth even says like we're gonna die verbatim we will die and then of course they hit the ocean and they're fine but it was what it represented. They were fully ready to sacrifice their lives so that Ash could continue his mission.
1: It was cool what it represented. But right after they let go, Lugia gets struck by Lawrence.
2: But he couldn't. But they could not know that. They thought sacrifice, that was the only way that Lugia could continue on. So, yeah, it ended up not working out because of Lawrence, that clown. But, like, Team Rocket. Oh, my gosh. I just cannot with them sometimes.
1: It was, it was a great moment. And... Talk about this part for a minute. So when they land, they land in water and live. Is the idea that the Pokemon that are there to watch this all go down created that little area for them to land in? Because they say something like the Pokemon are there to make sure nothing crazy goes down. or like.
2: I think they just, they had landed in a patch that was melted because of Moltres' fire attacks.
1: But then like Team Rocket looks up at the Pokemon and they go, huh, I guess they... They say something like, they did this, or they acknowledge that the Pokemon are there for them, in a way.
0: Why are the Pokemon here? That's a silly...
2: Because they have to be there to help if they can.
0: Except they don't. They're completely worthless.
2: But it's more of like a nature thing, right? Like, everybody's connected through nature. All
1: hands on deck. Yeah. I like to think that they created that little hole for Team Rocket to land in.
0: Okay, we'll go with that. The Gyarados saw Team Rocket was going to hit the ice, and they were like, oh, shit. Yeah, let's so just they do that. <laughs>
1: created a little bond. Yeah. Well, I like to think that that happened, but, like, originally Team Rocket died, but then they were like, that was one of the compromises, like, hey, we can't have these people die. And so they had to go rewrite the whole script and have the Pokemon come to this one area to save Team Rocket. I think that was one of the giant compromises for this movie. Sure. Sure? Okay, we'll go with that. Shoot, where do we go from here? Lugia fails. Team Rocket sacrifices themselves. Not knowing that Lugia gets struck down minutes later. Lawrence is like
0: tinkering in the wreckage and like, ooh, I got some more rings ready to go. He's
1: is he's, he's sitting on some kind of like launcher thing, right? I don't know what he's doing. Yeah, he's over there and Lugia gets zapped and goes to the bottom of the ocean. But uh, Ash doesn't do that. Ash stays alive and I forgot what happens here. How does he get back to the show? Okay, shrug? all
0: right. I'll take it over. I'll
1: take it over. <laughs> I was so okay. mad about the Lugia escort thing and uh, the, why aren't the balls... On this one island to begin with.
0: Okay, Lugia gets hit by these magical rings that can d- kill anything, apparently. So he's down for the count. But first, he fires off an arrow blast that knocks down the other two birds and attacks Lawrence. So Lawrence is now down again. Lugia falls into the ocean and is like, I have failed.
2: Um, I'm sorry. Can we talk about how? We never talked about how Lugia had a male voice, and it's really upsetting. All
0: right, go for it. Go for it. Let's do it.
2: Uh, no, this just, just is just a little aside. I don't mean to interrupt you, but Takashi Shudo, it just it's disrespectful. He didn't want it to be male. Honestly, it should have been, in my opinion, it should have been a unidentified voice, you know, something more androgynous to where it'd be like, you know, because it's not supposed to have a gender anyway. Like Takashi Shudo wanted it to be a female voice, but they had a guy's like deep voice like, hello, Ash. And like, it's the weirdest thing. <laughs> I hate it. I'm sorry.
0: Arceus had an androgynous voice.
2: Yeah, so why couldn't they do that? Like, why couldn't they have just, like, made it more ambiguous or, like, even more feminine-leaning? Like, I just, I, I was mad on Takashi Shiro's behalf because I hated the voice. I'm sorry. Please they could
1: have had a male say the lines and a female say the lines. And then, then them. Them together, <gasps> overlap them. And merge them together. Overlap them together.
2: Jacob, that's perfect.
1: That would have been, like, if that's the direction he wanted to go and make it genderless, I guess is what it is. That would've been the way to do it. That would have been pretty cool. Cause then it would add more like effects to its voice, because it's this it's supposed to be the creator of life or whatever. It's Mother Nature.
2: Alright, go ahead, Austin. I lost my place. Lugia's dead in the water.
0: Yeah. Ash is in the water. Ash is drowning in the water. Pikachu is awake and it's like PAP. So at this point, Misty and Tracy remember that they exist. So they have to go out and save Ash! Oh my god. So Misty goes out there with a rope. And grabs Ash and Tracy reels him in, and Missy's like, "Ash, wake up, wake up!" And Ash is like, "Okay, I'm awake, I'm awake." Tracy, get the fuck off me! As he like pushes Tracy oh, aside.
1: Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, Tracy tries to help him, and then Ash is like limping, and he's like, "I don't need your help," and like throws him off the cliff. Yeah,
0: here is where before we get to the next part, I want to do my Tower of one spiel.
2: Okay. Oh yeah, you had your theory.
0: What came first, the Donna Summer song? called The Power of One or the name of this movie. Which came first?
1: Do you know, and we're supposed to guess? I don't I don't know. Okay. What do you guys think?
2: Um <sighs> I got to refresh myself on the lyrics.
1: I'd like to think the song came like, first. Like were they like,
0: "Okay, Donna, you you're the queen of you're the queen of disco, but we're going to make you sing these
1: lyrics that we wrote for you about Pokémon."
2: I mean, honestly,
1: A paycheck involved for sure, right? Some change had to be thrown.
2: This song could be a standalone song. It
1: easily, it's a good song. It is.
2: You can make a difference. With courage, you can set things right. The gift to dream to make the dream real is yours and mine. The power of one. I mean, I think the song came first. Okay,
0: the song came first. That's what I was thinking. So they retroactively put a message of rugged individualism into the movie, (laughs) which is, wild but
2: this says wild then one by one we can make the world a much better place right imagine how life will be when we stand in unity each of us holds the key it's inside of you and me
0: so i think it'd be great if the message of the movie is you can't do anything alone you you as one person are unable to do everything but with community and assistance and friendship and family, and community action, you're able to accomplish anything. Yeah, but it's yeah. like a
2: oneness amongst a group. It's like, you right. come together <laughs> as one.
1: That would be nice. I took it the wrong way. I was like, I thought it meant like, the power of one fails. Like, oh. like, like this is the power of one. Like, you can't, it's, you can't do it. You know, I didn't think it was like one community.
0: <laughs> Everyone is, throw, is throwing in assistance here. Ash, yeah. it, the chosen one, but... Pikachu's guiding him the whole time. Marin is, you know, ferrying him to the islands. Team Rocket is saving him left, right, and center. Lugia is their protective shield. Misty and Tracy are saving him from drowning. Melody has the musical know-how, so she's like a very key part of this. So, okay, great. The oneness of all of us working together. That's a wonderful theme. But Ash in this sequence is like, I can do it myself. Tracy, get the fuck off me. I got to walk up these stairs by myself. Do not help me. And I'm like, Ash, what is
1: your fucking problem in this one part? It's weird, right? It doesn't make sense. It's so weird. And we're on a time limit, too, because there's literally, <laughs> like, like the earth is shattering at this point. Like, people are dying through these storms.
2: Can I come to Ash's defense Okay, go so Try. I can try to maybe, like, I mean, this is my perspective on it but like he we literally just had a scene where everyone is turning to look at him and place this burden on him like he's the chosen one like they all say that to him they're like ash you have to be the one to do it you've got to go to the the islands you've got to restore the balance you know yada 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 they all stay behind you know like we can't help you ash you've got to do it
0: which was so, I did not like that at all. They should not have stayed behind. Yeah. Even
2: though he has help in an inadvertent ways and then, like, direct ways for, like, Team Rocket. Like, he's not alone. But, like, the message that they've all been feeding to him this whole time is he's got to be the one. He's the chosen one. Nobody else can do it. So I don't blame him for, like, he's a 10-year-old kid. You know, he's got this burden, the onus of this place on him. Of course he's going to sit there and think, I have to finish what I started. I, you know, get out of my way. You guys are telling me I got to do this. I think in his mind, he's sort of taken that and internalized it into his himself. And he's like, I, I have to continue on myself. Just don't help me. You know, like, I think that's what he's thinking.
0: That makes sense. I just don't think it makes sense from a thematic standpoint.
2: Yeah. No, but
1: like. I get Alex's point, though. I think also. Maybe he's slightly concussed at this point. So okay, okay there we go. Brock.
0: We have speculated that before.
1: He, he's probably not like in the right state of mind. He just went through all this trauma to get to this island and back. He's been beaten and battered the whole time. The first thing he wakes up to is some guy trying to lift his arm and like make him move where he doesn't want to go. So of course he's gonna push him off. <laughs> you
0: know, Ash just doesn't like Tracy. Yeah, that's all it is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I hate you. But you shouldn't replace Brock. Throw
0: them off.
1: <laughs> Brock's even in this movie. Why are you here? <laughs> Brock's better. He doesn't draw girls. He just hits on them. I, yeah, I guess that's it. I'm still more leaning like, why is he so rugged about being by himself here? But I get like, everybody saying, you need to do this, Ash. And then him feeling like he needs to do it. So
0: I just thought it was a weird note.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's a weird t- character tone for him, too. Because the whole movie is kind of nice and bubbly. And at this point, he's like, kind of angry at everybody who's trying to help him, which doesn't really go very well. Anyway. We put the three orbs in, and hey, we're good to go. We put the three orbs in, then Melody plays her ocarina, and Lugia respawns back on top of the sea, and straightens everything out, and we're good to go, right? Everything's... That solves all that problem. (laughs) I have a theory about this part. Enlighten us,
0: please. Please. Melody's playing her song, a green liquid emerges from the shrine, and like, kind of, like, activates the shrine to be used as a musical amplifier uh, thing. The Mountain Dew. The Mountain Dew. Then the Mountain Dew goes out into the ocean and, like, kind of, like, enshrines everything. Everything's glowing green. I think this green soup, or green Mountain Dew, is, like, the primordial soup. I I think that's what it is.
1: I thought you were gonna say it's all the washed up firework leftovers that like have made its way to the N R A. That was the
0: genesis of life on Earth. (laughs) That's right. Was pollution? Pollution. I think that's what is supposed to be implied by this. I think this is like the proteins of existence resetting the world or whatever. Ah, that's just my theory.
2: I mean, it's a good theory. Any theories on how Melody's one little ocarina turns into an entire orchestra?
1: Well, this this makes doesn't make sense to me because you think this would be the ceremony. Is like you have all the orbs there. Once a year, you ride out to this one island and you take like a chosen one with you. After you've had them on the island for a day and you teach them how to play the song, then they go because it's not that difficult of a song to play. They go to the island, they stand in the shrine and they play the song and watch the goop flow out from underneath. And there you go, ceremony done.
0: Yeah, does the goop come out every time they do this? Yeah, I guess so. The goop is I, like, okay,
1: sure, it's like once a year treatment for bugs. Okay, you gotta have the goop go out there, and then you're you're sealed for good. That's what I'm going. Why doesn't that just a ceremony? Why do we have to go through all this extra stuff? If the stones are on this one island, and you play a song, chaos stops. Okay, movie's over now. Yeah, movie. Yeah, that's basically it. of it. The goop um, stops. No, everything.
2: um, excuse me. Delia Oak and Ivy are here. They climb down the rocks of the cliff face behind them and then we have a little moment between ash and delia that
1: part freaked me out a little bit
2: freaked you Why out
1: is, <laughs> yeah because i mean i didn't see this coming but when delia reveals that lugia is ash's father oh uh, my okay. like, <laughs>
2: god <laughs> <laughs> okay okay happen. wait <laughs> two things one i didn't understand the giant like whirlpool bridge thing that like forms in the sky that okay. was weird
0: that that's the current that runs through the entirety of the planet's oceans
2: why did it come out of the water
0: i don't know that's terrifying if you saw that you would be fucking terrified
2: i mean it's like a giant vortex of water <laughs> that's like in the like suspended in the air it's so weird and i didn't understand like the point of that cuz it just falls back into the ocean like <laughs> it
0: falls like a tower Why did it come up in the first place? I
2: don't understand. It has to
0: reset itself after factory settings before it can go back down. (laughs) It was showing that it was better
1: now. It's like, hey, I'm good. Let me just flat back down here. I think,
2: like, honestly, I think the real reason is they still had some money in their CGI budget and they're like, shit, we got to use it for something quick. Giant vortex.
0: God knows they did a shit job of the CGI with the flying ship thing. That CGI was dreadful. And the
2: underwater current scenes. That was awful. So, yeah, that happened. And then then we get the Delia and Ash moment, which I thought was very touching. Delia's like, Ash, you know, I miss you and I worry about you every day. And you're out there and I understand, you know, you're a young man now and you got to forge your own way. But can't you just be more careful and blah, 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 all this? Very sweet, very motherly love Delia. And Ash is just like, I guess. Thanks, mom. Like, doesn't hug her, doesn't acknowledge her worry at all. I'm like here we go, here's the start of Ash's irrational hate for his mother.
1: Well, he's still concussed, right? He's still...
0: They've been awake for, like, 48 hours at this point, too.
2: Yeah, and he's, it's he's true. like,
1: he's got a lot of water in his lungs, too, because he was face down in the ice freezing water. So I imagine that would mess up your brain functionality. I oh,
2: know. I just wish, like, what... I'm, we've talked about this, I know, but, like, what is Ash's... Like, why can't they have him express emotion for his mother? Like, is it so bad that he, like... I love you, Mom, and, like, give her a hug. Like, what is wrong with that?
0: I like the Delia part. It's just, like, why is that in this movie? That's a really odd subplot. It's only in, like, two or three scenes. She happens to be there kind of thing.
2: She learns that her son is in mortal danger, and she's worried for his safety.
1: She really sets the scale, too, of, like, what kind of danger Ash has to be in for her to want to come see him. Because up to this point, Ash has died twice, been burned alive almost but when the world's about to end is there so she really kind of puts the bar where it needs to be for her to show up which maybe that's why Ash is mad you know like he's like hey I've died twice been burned alive drowned and you di- you weren't there but now all of a sudden you're here because Oak carried you along okay I just think is
0: integrated into the Entei movie really well so I'm just like well why is she in this movie
1: <laughs> that is true gosh that, ne- that next one that's gonna Oof. be fun yeah Who's excited?
2: I'm excited. woo Arguably the best movie.
1: For sure. That's the reason why we say we forget this one. It's kind of like you forget about it, then you see the opening scene, you know exactly what's going to happen, but like, it exists until that point.
2: Yeah, and speaking of forgetting about existing, Lawrence III, he just, oh, he
1: crashes yeah. into a
2: mountainside, somehow he survives, he, his Mew card is undamaged in the wreckage, and he's like, ah, oh, the card that started it all. I guess I'll begin again. And then he disappears and we never see him again. And the police don't come to investigate the giant crashed
1: no giant Jenny. thing.
2: No Like, nobody. Ash doesn't say, oh my god, police. Like, there was this crazy man who, like, did all this stuff. Like, nothing. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever.
0: He probably should have been killed by Lugia. Yeah. Why
2: couldn't it have been, like, a Hunter J situation where he just, like, crashes and, like, it's implied that he's, like, dead?
1: Because no one can die in Pokemon. Um, Hunter, Hunter J, J. did
2: <laughs> die.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, he's the exception to the rule. Yeah,
2: and Pokemon have died. Like that Luxray died that one time, and like, That's true. um, wasn't there the Esper? Was the Esper? Di- no, the old lady died. That the Esper was like the Pokemon of. Like people have died.
1: I think this that had to be one of the compromises was that like you can't kill anybody. You think? You think? I mean, really, this movie
0: doesn't hold up. It does. It's uh, not a complete hole. I'm he, sorry. He's a weak sorry. antagonist.
1: To- yeah.
2: I just want to see what Wikipedia says about Lawrence the Third.
0: There's really nothing to him. I'm sorry. He has a theme song.
2: <laughs> um, oh, a- apparently, like, okay, what happens after this? Like, he says, I'll begin again, my collection, although he isn't going to try to capture Lugia. And apparently in Pokemon Heroes, Latios and Latias, he's in a book. Yeah. And then he also briefly reappeared in a montage in The Rise of Darkrai.
1: I think that was, like, a clip show thing.
2: And that was it. Huh.
1: So he's still he's still there.
2: He's at large. Yeah. He's out
1: there. There's no bounty on him, though. It's weird. Every storm we encounter from here on out, his fault.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that hurricane in the earlier episodes was him. There you
2: go. You can't blame him. Maybe he's just trying to start a collection of, like, cast form, and they're, like, out of control, and it's not his fault.
1: But this whole thing was, really.
2: I mean yeah and he's got bad hair so shame on him
1: the worst of all his sins <laughs> yep i mean does that basically wrap it up or is there like i see we've got the end with uh donna summer and weird Al.
2: that's the next that's our that's our separate episode where we dive deep into the okay the lore of the soundtrack
1: when we come back for season three
0: do you want our season three premiere to be the squirtle episode which is next And our Pokemon the Movie 2000 soundtrack review.
2: Yes. All right. We have to talk about, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about Pokemon.
0: Everybody, Pokemon.
2: And the various short-lived 90s teen idol bands that also were involved.
1: I'm excited for this. I didn't realize it was this complex. Oh, God. There's a lot. Okay, Jake, there's so much
0: happening. This,
2: okay. The '90s were a spectacular time.
0: We didn't even talk about the first movie soundtrack with like Christina, um, Britney,
1: NSYNC.
2: We can do a recap of that.
1: Okay. Oh lord, that's doing an episode in itself. Then recap, yeah, the it 90s. is.
2: It's gonna be. <laughs> I'm I'm down.
1: Interesting. That's gonna be fun to talk about. Especially I had no, I had no idea. But uh, I guess, well, like I said, that's next time. Uh, does anyone have any- anything else to say about this movie? Or are we ready to move on to uh, the MVP and LVP and the quote? Yes, Austin.
0: Y'all, guess what we did Y'all. again? Why? We forgot something. We left out the misty romance subplot entirely.
1: I thought you again. were going to say
2: that because you were no. so upset by it yesterday when you were watching it.
1: That part we were, we were talking about him landing on the island for the ceremony to begin. I was about to bring it up, I swear I was, but I let it go because it's, it's once again, it's minute and it's th- it's stupid. It's only mentioned yes. like twice anyway. Like it's a little, you know?
0: Like almost every line Misty has in this movie is, okay, so Melody's here and she's like a 10-year-old vamp character. She's uh, shipping. <laughs>
1: she's trying to ship,
0: right? It's weird. I don't <laughs> like it. And she's like, ooh, Ash is sexy. Oh my God, let me get all over him. And Misty's like, "Fuck you." And Melody's like, "What? Do you like him?" And Misty's like, "No, I don't. Yes, I do." And Tracy's like, "I'm here too."
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the
1: Tracy part was funny. I have a boy, and he's a friend, but he's not my boyfriend. And Tracy, are you talking about me? <laughs> like, that was yeah, funny. Tracy, yeah, stupid.
0: There's this whole running subplot with Misty, like being like, "I don't like Ash, but I do like Ash." Once again. I dislike it. I don't think it works. I think it's weird.
1: No.
2: That's why we didn't talk about it. I didn't want to bring it up because it was so contrived. Like, it was just, it added nothing to the overall plot at all.
1: Forced stuff like that just, yeah, it's not worth even mentioning, really. It doesn't, there's no context. Stupid. I mean, that's Misty's
0: role. She's a girl and therefore the love interest. Yeah. Eh. Yeah.
1: Boo. Yeah.
2: She should have stayed behind with Rudy (laughs) and lived in a life of luxury. She could have everything. Rudy, yeah, at least it's not Danny. But, like, Rudy was, like, lavishing attention on her. And he was like, I love you so much. I mean, it's creepy and weird because you can't just profess to love somebody. But barring that whole part of it.
0: <laughs> at least she didn't end up with Lawrence Third.
2: Holy crap. Oh, God. No, Lawrence Third has his AI. He's good. Oh, uh, that's
0: true. He subsumes Misty's consciousness into the AI. No,
1: <laughs> Danny should have been Lawrence Third. That's what happened there. Oh, my gosh. Danny went rogue. <laughs> Danny goes rogue. That's why his island's deserted.
2: Misty spurned his advances, and so now he's like sought on revenge.
0: Yeah, what a fucking plot twist that would be, though. That'd be awesome. Okay. What he like
2: peels off his mask, and he's like, "It was me all along." <laughs> yes,
0: and then he peels <laughs> off his mask, and it's Rudy underneath. Oh, oh god! Gross. <laughs> and then Rudy pulls off her mask, and it's Lugia. Togepi. Wait, Misty. Oh.
2: <laughs> wait, Rudy pulls off Misty's face, and it's Lugia. Yeah, and then Lugia pulls out, pulls off its face, and what's underneath it?
0: And Togepi pulls off its face, and it's a sixth execute.
2: Lugia pulls off its face, and it's Togepi.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> all right, we're
0: getting silly now. Yeah.
1: Oh, God. That was one of the best commercials Cartoon Network ever had, was when Scooby-Doo teamed up with Batman, and they capture the guy, and Batman's like, I wonder who it is. And he rips off the mask, and he just keeps ripping one off after the other, and the commercial just over and over again. I don't know okay. <laughs> That was a great commercial. Great commercial, okay movie, right?
2: Oh, God. Okay, so we got through. Can you believe it already? The second movie. Done.
0: God, I feel like it's been a lifetime. What are you talking about?
1: Yeah, it feels like it's been a while to get here. <laughs> yeah.
2: Really? Oh, yeah. Smoking the something. Cause... We're on
1: Ivy's Ivy's good shit. That's what we're on. Yeah. All right, that wraps it up, right? We're done? <laughs> we're, done. <laughs> yes, we're, we're done. we're done. MVP, LV quote. Okay, let's do it. Randomizer. Come on. Load for me, baby. All right. It starts off with me, Alex, and Austin. You're wrapping it up.
2: Oh, there's so many good quotes. Ooh.
1: Yeah, I know. I didn't pick a good one at all. Let me see what's going on here.
2: Austin, I know which one you're going to pick. If you don't pick it, I'll be shocked. Which one? Well, we'll see.
1: I'm going to do a Jesse and James exchange here for mine. And, like, I'm a, I'm a big fan of breaking the fourth wall. So, Jesse, this when they land. They first see Ash. Jesse, Jesse goes, prepare for more trouble than you've ever seen. Then James chimes in, make it double. We're on the big screen.
2: Uh- then Ash
1: <laughs> just replies, I'll have to catch this on video. <laughs> like, eh. I remember that getting a laugh
0: in the year 2000 in the movie theater. Are you I distinctly remember that. Yeah. That's really? awesome.
1: I'll give my MVP to Slow King just because it's weird and random. I think, I don't know, he doesn't do anything good, nothing bad. He's just there. Gold and silver coming soon. Yeah, basically. And then my LVP, I'll give it to, um, good lord, I guess I'll give it to Articuno for just getting like destroyed. Um, Aww. <laughs> that was, I forgot, like I was so fixated on like the Lugia, how stupid that was, how easily he could have got Ash back and forth, whatever. That uh, that part just erased from my memory when we were talking about it. But yeah, Articuno gets destroyed and- It's brutal. It's brutal. Basically doesn't die, but unconscious, severely, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it, on the brink of death, but then he comes back whenever he hears the song.
2: It wasn't quite uh Golisopod and Primarina levels of brutality- but it was up there <laughs> that
0: has a weird sexualized component to it oh That's my
2: god okay it sticks in my head like for all time it's horrible
1: put that in the chat link i'm gonna watch it real quick after this I'm sure.
2: uh. i'll see if i can find <laughs> it i'm sure it's out there it's it's really shocking
1: oh well that uh that wraps it for me alex what you got
2: god there were so many good moments
1: they brought, bring
0: bringing their A-game for the scripting to this.
2: I mean, there's so many. You got, like, Team Rocket's mottos, their exchanges. I mean, there's so many quips and one-off things they say. But I think I'm going to go... I'm going to give Ash a little moment to shine. And I'm going to give it to the part, the quote, where he... It's where he's being reassured by everyone. And then it transitions to him, like, starting to begin to walk across the snowy field. And he's like, you're right. I can do it. I'm the chosen one. And then it cuts to him... Trying to make his way, and he says, Well, right now I feel more like the frozen one, and then he falls in the snowbank. It was so cute.
1: <laughs> I thought you were gonna go with the quote right before that, but that's
2: okay. Which one w- what was, quote that? was that? Oh, When's Bob, it? yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: I wish my name was Bob.
2: <laughs> I wish my mom named me Bob instead of Ash because it's not in the pro- Bob is not in the prophecy,
0: and the world to turn to Bob,
2: yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, god, there were so many good ones. Okay. I want to give, okay, I'm going to give my MVP to Team Rocket, of course, because (laughs) I love them so much. And also, shout out to Weezing. We didn't talk about Weezing at all, but it was trying its damnedest to get um, Zapdos out of that cage that one time, and he like bumps into it and like falls on the ground, and I felt so (laughs) bad for him. LVP, this is going to be controversial, but I think I'm going to give it to (laughs) Ash. No, I agree. It's mostly just because of his interaction at the end with Delia. And I was upset with (laughs) him. I didn't really have an issue with him the whole movie. But then the end, I was like, oh, of course. Ash cannot just accept his mother's love. Shame on you.
0: I like Jacob's theory that he's not in his right mind near the end of this movie. Like, he's just out of it. Someone
2: get him medical attention.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they definitely needed that for sure.
0: My quote will be the legendary... Quote from the party sequence.
2: Thank you. That's what I thought you... I'm like, if you don't pick this, I'm going to have to say it. Because I had to look great. through my
0: notes because I forgot about this.
2: How could you? This is the best part.
0: It's either Marin or Carol. I can't remember which. We cut to halfway through a punchline. And she says... And then she said, No, but I do have Krabbies. Uh.
2: <laughs> oh, you know that got a laugh out of the parents in that Oh, but that was theater. a great one. Yeah. I can't believe that got through, like...
1: They didn't get it in editing.
0: This is hard. I guess my LVP will be Lawrence Third for taking nature into his own hands. Fuck that guy. This goes out to all the rich billionaires doing whatever the heck they want in the world. Fuck you. My MVP, hmm, that's a hard one. My MVP is going to be Pikachu. Okay. Pikachu knew something was up from the start of this movie and was like very serious about it. It was not fucking around. He was like, let's go. We gotta go. Now he was barking orders at people. He fearlessly stood up to Zapdos and was like, "Zapdos, what are you doing?" Good. He was doing a great job.
1: Very encouraging too. Forgot to mention that when time needed. Yes, he he helped Ash a lot in this movie. Yeah, that was the power of one. It was all Pikachu. The chosen one is Pikachu. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That wraps up the MVP of a P in the quotes. Unless anyone else has anything more to say.
2: No, I think. We covered a lot.
1: These movies are draining. They are. There's a lot that like goes on and uh, especially with this one, there's a lot of like big themes in it that just don't fall into order and you gotta kinda mm. like rearrange your thought process and there's a lot of like I said, critiques along the way, so yeah. But we did it. We did Pokemon the movie two thousand power of one. We did it. Now for the next episodes we're gonna do what we talked about earlier, the Squirtle episode, and then the music recap summary for the movie.
0: We'll see how that goes.
1: We'll see how that goes. But there's gonna be some time before our next episode. We're going on an estimated three week hiatus. That's a uh, estimated. That's not written in stone for the three week hiatus. We're gonna take a three-week estimated hiatus to handle some personal stuff and then get rearranged for season three of Pokemon I guess that's anyone have else they want to say or add to that
2: yes well we're excited we're we are continuing our journey so make sure to tune back in we're only taking a short break so be sure to catch us when we resume our episode critiques we will update on the Twitter right Austin right so please follow us to get the latest updates and other funny stuff because Austin does a really great job maintaining that. So <laughs> mm, I don't
1: know about that. Nah, it's pretty well done. I'm, right. I'm excited to get, whenever we come back, I'm definitely excited to talk about that episode. And then the music has got me like, during this break, I'm going to do my best to research. I'm going to reach out to you, Austin, for some links or something for that.
0: Okay, I'll, we'll figure it out. Okay. Thanks for joining us for season two. About season two! Ten. Yay! We did it!
2: Thank you for journeying with us this whole time it's been an adventure hopefully we've like gotten some laughs and some real thought-provoking stuff you didn't know the pokemon anime could be this deep did you
0: we're breaking it down for sure a long ass season
2: can you believe it oh my god i'm so excited for johto and all their crazy like backwoods towns they go to just wait
0: Keep that sentiment going. (laughs) Keep that in mind.
2: Yes, so make sure to join us because we have to talk about the Sunflora town and the Mareep town and all kinds of towns.
1: All kinds of towns. (laughs) So we finished, like you guys said, we finished season two. Are we going to finish something else up today after the podcast?
0: Y'all, do you want to finish? We
2: gotta do it. We have (laughs) to just do it. This is going
0: to be our longest episode
1: yet. Let's do it.
2: This is our double special deluxe episode. We promise
1: this time we're going to finish My Immortal. There's two quick chapters left, so stick around after to hear that if you want <laughs> That's all, all I can say about that. Uh, but before we get to My Immortal, we'd just like to say thank you all for listening. And be sure to leave us a five-star rating. If you have any questions or comments for the show, be sure to send them to pan at gmo.com. Again, that is pan at gmo.com. And be sure to follow us on the Twitter that Austin has a good hold of. The handle is out of drying pan. Again, the handle is out of drying pan. And we'll see you next time as the journey continues.
2: this thrilling conclusion to the epic saga.
1: Austin, your name is first, if you want to. What chapter are we on? 43. What Trust chapter me. are we on? Hold I'm not hold lying on. this time. The... We're on 43.
2: Hold on. I got to get the thing. Finish it. You know what? I just want to say, Jacob, I'm, I'm almost like getting emotional because it's been a journey to get this far, but you have been a good sport and you have stuck with this. And so we appreciate it.
0: Jacob, any segment you want to suggest we're all yours
2: or our listeners if you have something you want us to read because we do a, such a good job with our professional voice acting skills let us know
1: or if you've written one yourself fan send it in and we'll we'll give it a go <laughs> it, 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 we'll give it a, <laughs> like that we'll give it a uh, like a pre-screen of course to make sure that the the bar we have for as far as we want to go it doesn't Some cross that bar criticisms. But, yeah. yeah we won't uh we We'll give it praise. We'll try not to be too hard on it because, you know, writing this stuff's hard.
2: We respect the creative process. We're not writers. If you had joined us for our fan fiction episode way back when.
0: Okay, chapter 43. A.N. I think after this, I will have a boot two or three more chapters. Thanks to all my revours, no, not das flammers. If you flamed sis story, then you suck. If you flame, then fuck you. I walked sexily into the great hall. It was empty except for one person. Draco was there. He sat there in deadly bloom in his black 666 t-shirt and his baggy black pants. He had slit his wrist. Ugh. Sorry, trigger warning, as always. I felt mad at him for having sex with Snape, but I felt sorry for him. He looked just like Gerard Way with red, his red eyes and his pale white face. Draco, are you okay? I asked. I'm not Okay. He, oh, I'm not okay! He screamed depressedly. I thought of the MCR song, and I got even more depressed, because that song always makes me cry. I gave him a pot cigarette, and he started to smoke it. Oh, Draco, why did you do it with that fucking bastard Snape? I asked, tear dully. I, Draco began to say, but suddenly Lupin and Mr. Norris appeared in the room. They didn't see us. I'm so glad we, me, and Snape were freed, said Lupin. Damn! This job would be great if it wasn't for the fucking students. Oh Mr. God. Norris are <laughs> Pop at I yielded, angrily pointing my wand at them. No, Lupin shouted as chains came on him. Mr. Norris ran away. You fucking perv, I said, laughing with depths of evil and depressedness in my voice. Now you have to tell us where Voldemort is or I'm going to torture you. I don't know where he is, said Lupin. Suddenly, Satan and Vampire ran into the room. Vampire didn't know who <laughs> Satan was, really. Oh my. God. Oh my, Satan, we were so worried about you guys, Vampire said. I looked sexily at Draco with his gothic red eyes and contacts, black t shirt that said 666 on it, and pale skin like Gerard Ray, Vampire with his sexy black hair and red eyes just like Frank Eero, and Satan who looked just like Brendan Ury then. I selectively took the caramel from my pocket. And then I began Frenching Draco sexily. Lupin gasped. Draco began to take off all his clothes. Oh my. And I could see his white sex pack. Vampire Vampire took off his clothes too. We all began making out together sexily. I took off my black leather bra, my black lace thong, and the rest of my clothes. Everyone took their glocks out except for me. I'm a girl, lol. Oh my
2: god.
0: Oh, me, Satan, Draco, I screamed as he put his hardness into my thingy. Then he did the same thing to Harry. I began making out with Satan, and he joined in. OMS, cried Vampire. Oh, Vampire, Vampire, I screamed, screamed. Oh, Satan, yelled Harry and pleased Lupin watched in shock. I would fucking too. We (laughs) took turns doing torture curses on him because we were all sadists. Suddenly, a big black car car that said 666 on the license plate flew straight through the windows, and Snap was in it.
1: This is what I was uh, talking about, audience. If you want to send in your own fanfiction, the bar is, like, down here, okay? As far as, like, what we'll read. So, send it in, please.
2: Oh, man. Okay. Does that mean I'm reading the last chapter?
1: Please. Yes, you are. Okay, wow. this is the last chapter.
2: The last chapter. This is such a big responsibility. Okay. <clears throat> I'll try to bring my A-game. Chapter 44. Well, I have nothing to say, but Everett One, stop glamming, okay? If any Gothic people are reading this, then you rock. OMG, I still can't wait for the movie. Tom Fletton is so hot, LOL. I hop Harry will become Gothic Cause my friend told me he is really emo in this book. OMFG, I'm leaving W pretty soon. Can't wait. This will probably be the last chapter until I come back. Well, I guess she never came back. Cause this is the last chapter. <clears throat> Here we go. Jacob, are you ready? I've been ready. That's my car, shooted Draco angrily. But suddenly it was revealed who was in the car. It was Snape. I shall free you, Lupin, but first you must help me kill these idiotic Donderheads, he said cruelly from the car as it flew. Circumcising above us Ebony <laughs> Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven Way must be killed. Then the Dork Lord shall never die. You fucking prep yelled Draco. Then he locked at me sadly. Okay I- What oh okay. Um, I'll just censor that. I'll just censor the last part. I forgot to tell you, Ebony. Snape made me do it with him. We put on our clothes quickly, except Satan. We were so scarred, but Satan didn't change. Instead, he changed into a man with green eyes, no nose, a gray robe and white skin. He had changed into Voldemont. I knew who thou were all along, he cackled evilly and sarcastically at me. Now I shall kill thee all. Thunder came in the room. No, please don't kill us, pleaded vampire. Suddenly, Willow, Be Luddy Mary, Diabolo, Ginny, Dracula, Fred and Gorge, Hargrid, McGonagall, Dumbledore, Sirius and Lucian all ran in. What is the meaning of this? Dumbledore asked all angrily, and Voldemort looked away because Dumbledore is on- the only wizard he is scared of. He did a spell, and suddenly his broomstick came to him sexily. Voldemort flew above the roof evilly on his broomstick. Oh my goth, Slugborn gasped. Get it? Cause I'm gothic. The Dark Lord shall kill all of you. Then you must submit to him, Snape ejaculated menacingly. You- (laughs) I'm not gonna say this last part. You fucking preps, Sirius shouted angrily. I know a four-letter word for dirt Cruciatus screamed Harry, but the sparks from his wand only hit Draco's car. It fell down, snapped quickly, crawled out of it, and picked up the Sidio camera. Oh my fucking god, I cried, because the video of me in the bathroom, the video of me doing it with Draco, and the video of Satan doing it with. If you kill me, then these Sidios will be shown to everyone in the skull. Then you can be just like that gothic girl Paris Hilton, he laughed meanly. "'No!' I screamed. "'FYI, I have the picture of you doing it with Lupin!' "'What is she talking about?' Lupin slurped as he sat in chains. "'I saw too she's gonna show everyone in the picture. "'Harry shouted angrily. "'Shut up!' Lupin—Lumpkin roared. "'Foolish ignoramuses yielded Voldemort from his broomstick. "'Thou shall all die soon. "'Think again, you fucking muggle poser!' Harry yelled, and then he and Diabolo and Navel both took out black guns. But Voldemort took out his own one. "'You guys are in a Latin standoff!' I shouted despairedly. "'Acho Neville's wand!' cried Voldemort, and suddenly Neville's wind was in his hands. "'Now I shall kill thee all, and Ebony, you will die!' He made lightning come all over the place. "'Save us, Ebony!' Dumbledark cried." I cried sexily, and I just wanted to go to the common room and slit my wrist with my friends while we watched Shark Attack 3 and Saw 2 and do it with Draco, but I knew I had to do something more impotent. Abracadabra, I shooted. The right.
1: end. That was the best chapter
0: yet. I can stop putting the damn, like, warning text on the fucking episode descriptions now.
2: Oh, my God, you guys, I can't believe we finished with this. Jacob, what did you think?
1: Glad you all got to enjoy that with us, and uh, we'll catch (laughs) you later. Bye.